at Sif Pop. We're your movie friends. But are friends really friends? If you don't know them, so grab a popcorn and head over to our row so we can chat movies like friends do. There's always room for more movie friends. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Welcome. Welcome. Welcome to the writer's room. Hello and welcome to Sif Pop Writers Room. I'm your host, Aaron, but not that Aaron, of course. And this week I'm joined by Sif Pop Writers Rowan. Hello. As well as May. Hello, hello. Rowan and May joining me. Uh, you might be confused. This is not the Franchise Paradiso podcast because uh, <laughs> I'm not Heath and Foster, but uh, <laughs> um, I wish I was. Anyway, uh, we for Sif <laughs> providing you movie reviews, best ever challenges, and other interesting movie-related articles. So make sure to check out the website, SifPop.com, to keep up with all of that. On the podcast today, we're going to talk about a couple movies coming out this week, uh, Driveway Dolls and Ordinary Angels. And then we'll uh, dive into the Sif topic, crossing two movies off of my watch list. Uh, very, very similar pairing uh, of Love and Monsters and Black Christmas. I think I think the way that I decided this was I was like, oh, they're both a little like horror-y, like Love and Monsters <laughs> is a little bit in love. So let's just throw it close to Valentine's Day. Sure, why not? I'm pretty sure that's the way I picked that. And, you know, I guess this is close to Christmas, you know, whatever. Like, it's... It's not snowing here, but it did snow a couple days ago. So um, people aren't sick of it anymore. Bit. Christmas, like it's kind of like gone a little bit now. Yeah, so but, you can kind of bring it back a little bit. Yeah, yeah, but we're also just a little bit removed to where people are like, oh, Christmas, <laughs> you know. Um, yeah, Perfect people for that SEOs, baby. <laughs> <laughs> for the B plot, uh, Rowan suggested that let's do some movies that we hope become some cult classics because uh, Black Christmas uh, is. Did become that in, in Love and Monsters, I think, might verge on that territory. I don't I don't entirely know. Like, it's a weird because it's a 2020 we'll release. You I know, think it so. might be too soon for right now. Sure. But yeah. I mean, like, it was also like, it's a 2020 release. And so it's like COVID year. So it's like an asterisk. Mm-hmm. It's like, if this would have come out like a you know, normal year, like what would have, what would its right. reputation be? But mm-hmm. um, yeah, we'll see. Uh, yeah. We'll figure it out. But uh, we'll discuss other movies that we kind of hope achieve this status at some point. Um, and we'll wrap up with the spinoff. But first, let's play a game. Um, we're going to play the <gasps> Rotten Tomatoes game that we've been playing recently. Actually, I'm really excited. Um, um, Robert had the idea next week. We're going to try out a different game. We're going to do um, the uh, blind rankings um, that have been going around on TikTok. We're going to blind rank some movies or actors or things like that next week. And that's going to be a lot of fun. But <laughs> we're going to stick to the Rotten Tomatoes game this week. Um, and uh, so the way this works is I'll uh, is we'll collectively kind of decide on a genre or uh, something and uh, we'll have to pick each of us will have to pick two movies in that category um, and they have to come as close to 100% collectively without going over on the Rotten Tomatoes critic score not audience score uh, and whoever's closest to 100% without going over gets bragging rights and gets to stay on the podcast. So uh, <laughs> I'll get ready to press that end call. button. <laughs> um, so the loser can also stay on the podcast. Um, so, but uh, so we'll be, we'll, we'll be scorned slightly. <laughs> um, but the winner mostly just gets bragging rights and um, it should be a lot of fun. You know, it's it, the, the real game is the friends we made along the way. So um, without any further ado, um, mate, why don't you kick us off with the first like category? Give me like a decade, a genre, uh, an actor, a director, something like a- anything to kind of narrow the pool down a little bit. Um, also, like we're picking it up live because I don't I don't know that I told you, but I didn't want to tell you. But 
I want you to pick a genre now on the spot because that yeah. also proves that I can't prep for this. So okay, fair enough, fair enough. Okay, so um, just to make sure I'm reading the script correctly, it says um, science fiction here, science fiction 1980s. It says science fiction 1980s. Mm-hmm. Oh boy. Um, the script sure. that you gave me, did I read it right? Is that good? Is that good? <laughs> uh, I think I think it was uh, 90s, but we'll go 80s. We'll go 80s. Uh, so it's 1980s. Okay. All right. So a genre and a decade. Okay, cool. I think, I don't know. I'm, I'm probably going to throw out a bunch of movies that didn't come out there. So you guys just correct me if I'm wrong. So whenever you guys are ready, the way this works is whoever shouts out the movie first gets that movie and you can't repeat one. So if there's one that you're like, I really want that, but I don't know my other one. Oh, like, shoot. Shout it out. Because Damn. you know, this who knows? Entirely off the dome. Yeah. <laughs> um eighties. Boy, I'm gonna have to think. You can't think of like the like mega popular great ones either. Because if you say like ET, yeah. then you have to go like, oh, what's one of the worst ones then? Yeah. So yeah. you can't you can't pick like just that. Um, yeah. I mean uh, I can. And you know what? For that reason, <laughs> I'm gonna pick Terminator 2. That's nineteen ninety one. Damn it. Okay. Uh <laughs> I was like, that's got to be 100%, right? <laughs> so uh, I, I just got to find a zero. Uh, oh uh, back to the future. Back to the future. Okay. <laughs> oh, I, wonder, I wonder what percentage that has. See, like, you would think that it would be 100. You know what? You know what? There's probably like one or two guys in there. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm going to take back to the future, too. I feel better about that because that's probably like closer to a middling score. Nice. So. Because, yeah, was, you're right. Back to the Future should be like 100. Back to the mm-hmm. Future 2 should be like a 75, 80. Yeah. Gives me a little back, bit more wiggle room. Back to the Future 3, is that the 80 still? Uh, back to the Future 3 is 90. Exactly. Oh, 90. oh exactly. Boy. Yeah. That's a Terminator uh, that 2 been, situation that all over again. We just... <laughs> <laughs> all three of us picked a Back to the Future movie. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Very telling uh, for me and Rowan as well, because our first time we ever conversated on this podcast ever was talking about Back to the Future and Terminator. Mm-hmm. Whoa. So, <laughs> Crazy oh, I didn't full even circle. Know. Wow. All right. Yeah. He's got a great memory. <laughs> um, That's the only thing I'll remember for the rest of this podcast. <laughs> um, I'm trying to remember science fiction films from the 1980s. I'm going to be honest with you. I picked it, but like, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm scrolling like, through my letterbox just to kind of see if I have. Okay. Any... I'm allowed to do that. I'm allowed well, to just look at my letterbox. Letterbox is fine. Cause like letterbox okay. doesn't show you the rotten tomato scores, you know? Okay. So like, yeah, yeah. You can look up, like if you need to look up like 1980s movies, just, I, just make sure you don't get a score in there. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. Wait, so Aaron, so remind me, so we're each picking? We'll so each, each pick two. Yeah, we'll each pick each two pick movies. Two. Okay. They have to be as close to 100 as you want without going over. Um, okay. okay, I will pick um, I will pick Star Wars Return of the Jedi and Howard the Duck. Okay. Oh, okay. Damn. <laughs> Those are my two Boy, picks. That's, a, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Like, it gives me a little bit more wiggle room for Howard the Duck there. If yeah. There's like a few yeah. little weirdos that love that movie. <laughs> and and also because it's like it's the least beloved critically of the original trilogy. So. So wait, so so I put up Back to the Future, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to put up uh, Mac and Me, which I think is the 80s and I think had a pretty terrible score. Oh, Mac and Me. Correctly? I only know that movie because Paul Rudd constantly brings a clip <laughs> yeah. on one of those Mac, talk shows. Mac and Me is 1988. Yes. Is it okay, cool. It is cool, 88. Cool. Yeah. Excellent. Um, maybe, maybe a bad idea, but you know what? I'm going to pick 1984's Dune. 
Interesting. I don't Very know how. I know everybody hates that movie. I don't know if that's going to somehow it's, be a surprise fresh on Rotten Tomatoes, though. It's it's underrated and very good, and you all should give it a chance. Okay, maybe, maybe. <laughs> um, all right, time to go. Let's go in the order that these were um, suggest- said. So, um, real quick, what is your guys's guess before I reveal them? What is your guess on where you think Back to the Future sits? That's got to be like a ninety-five, right? Ninety-six. There's no way it's not in like the high nineties. Uh, right. All right. So ninety-three. That's pretty close. Ninety-three. Oh, mm-hmm. I was about to say, watch it be like seventy-three or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> insane. Insane. The most insane thing to come out. Well, of this but point. I also know this is one of those where it's like I think I've mentioned this example before in the past, but like Empire Strikes Back is not at a hundred percent because there's a couple of rotten reviews on there, but it's specifically for the special edition re-releases. They're like, I love the movie, but I hate this version and. It makes mm. it rotten. And so like, you know, so maybe there is that. I don't, I can't imagine for Back to the Future. Yeah. Uh, Back to the Future 2, where's your guess? I think uh, I said like mid 70s or so. I'm going to guess. 85. I was going to guess 63. May, wow. All right. Are you sure you're not cheating? That's 62. Whoa. <laughs> really? Yeah. 62? Oh, yeah. oh, okay. Yeah. It is I feel so re- much I feel better a than lot that. better about my guess. Yeah, it's a lot better than that. Yeah. Okay. Return of the Jedi. Where do you think this one stands? I'm going to go like 87, I think. 85 is my guess. I was, I was about to say 85 as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're all pretty close. It's 83. 83. Interesting. Nice. I, I'd say a very fair and sensible score for that movie. It's sure. the best of the original trilogy. Don't fight me. Uh, okay. Um, you're <laughs> entitled to your opinion, and I respect that. <laughs> Thank you. Um, Howard the Duck. Where, where's Ooh. your guesses on this one? 20%. I was going to guess 10 I looked it up before I was going to give my guess. Uh, May, I think you're 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 sitting pretty because this is a 13 percent. So you're sitting at a 96. Um, <gasps> Yo, OK. <laughs> I had no awesome. idea. That's great. <laughs> that's that's kind of incredible. Uh, <laughs> let's see. Um, and, I, and, <laughs> I thought I was going to lose this game handily. Oh, my God. <laughs> and, and going in reverse order. Where do you guys think Dune sits? Like, I've, I mean, I, I got to think it's in the like. I think it's like got to be 50, 60 something. Okay. I'm going to say 54, 55. I'm going to say like 45 because that's where I hope it sits, you know? <laughs> oh, come on, man. <laughs> uh, I'll For the sake of uh, diversity, I'll say 62. Okay. Um, I'm pretty good. With, I'm pretty happy with my guess. Uh, 37%. Whoa. 37? That is Which lower than I Which gives me a 99. <laughs> Whoa, no way. <laughs> And Rowan, Marley and me, we're looking for a seven. Not, not Marley and me, Mac. Mac. And me. Mac and me. That's a great science fiction film, though. Ah, uh, boy. Mac and me. Uh, what is your guess? For Mac and me? Uh, yes. Two. Five. I don't have a guess because I don't know this, but guys, I think we all win this round. Rowan, it's a 7%. You got the 100. No way! <laughs> The most successful this, round of this ever played. Awesome. No, legitimately, because we're <laughs> that frequently. Was incredible. I think somebody has hit the hundred before, but we're we're always playing this. And even I remember last week, like last week and the week before that, we were all just terrible. We went through multiple rounds. We would like constantly hit like hundred and twenty or like solo. I think I won because I picked like a sixty <laughs> and a zero. You know, like uh, guys, wow, uh, <laughs> that was that great. Was too close. <laughs> I kind of we've been when I've had multiple people on, we kind of do multiple rounds i i don't i don't know if i want to solve it yeah i don't i I don't think we should mess with with this guys i mean perfect saying from me personally i don't think we should mess with this (laughs) (laughs) well 
Well, here's the thing. Um, if we were to go again, Rowan would pick the 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 subgenre, the subcategory. So, um, I mean, if if you're waiving your right to do that, um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I think. I think I'm really happy with that, and I don't want to feel should bad. We, about uh, should we let Sleeping Dogs lie? Let's let Sleeping Dogs lie. <laughs> Let's do that because um, that's just too good. And if it's the final time this game is played, what a what a swan song, huh? <laughs> well, and like again, like I really, man, I really thought you had it. Like I 96 really did. All, like on its own, <laughs> stellar. So so good. I got last place. I guess you, I did lose. Like I said, <laughs> you would have won. Any other episode that, we, that this happened? Wow. Okay. And you picked the topic too. Uh, wow. <laughs> but you know, you know what really did it is that Back to the Future one and two were already claimed, so you couldn't. <laughs> oh yeah, I didn't get the magic. The Back to the, the Future real, magic. That was the real steal. <laughs> wow. 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 Okay. Well, uh, we played a game. We had a lot of fun. And uh, one random question, something completely non-movie related, and I just want to know. Um, to get your guys's uh, quick thoughts on, um, I'm going to give you a grant of whatever money you need, um, to start a business. What are you starting? Production company. hundred percent. hundred percent. Okay. All right. Fine. That's fine. I, I kind of like producers kind of my dream job. So yeah. Yeah. Producer slash, um, bartender on those reality dating competitions like <laughs> that always like have a bar, but no bartender. Like, I just want to sit there and like, I won't say anything, but I just get to watch all the action go down. Yeah. Yeah, you just you know, get to be there. Yeah, that sounds wonderful. <laughs> that's my that's my legitimate dream job. But uh, um, you know, like like go on the season of like too hot to handle. But it's like I'm just I I just I'm the, you need a drink, you come to me, and that's it. I don't I don't participate or anything. Nice. You know? so, <laughs> um, um, yeah, for me, I think I've been really invested and worried about film preservation recently. Mm, I want to oh, be yes. able to I want to be able to start a start a company or a business or whatever where it is solely devoted to creating a standardized and comprehensive like preservation of film history and films that both are common and entirely uncommon hopefully to be able to preserve this art form in the way that it deserves i love a lot more noble than mine (laughs) (laughs) i just want to make movies man i love that i love that Um, i yeah i think i've mentioned a couple of times like in various things instead i I want to do like Double decker tour buses, but like completely wrong information. Um, like I want to do that kind of thing. I see. I think I said that like as my retirement job. Like, what do you want to do when you retire? Like, I want to. I want to go around the streets of you know Boston and pointing out like just old buildings and saying, "Well, that's where Ben Frank- Franklin you know lived and hung the flag and you know yada 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 and just like but like complete like more obscurely more like definitely wrong things like point point at every clock and say that's big ben you know um, <laughs> uh i think i've also mentioned like i want to start like a food truck but like for alcohol like where like you can like hire this food truck to come and it's like they don't, we don't serve food we just serve booze you know um <laughs> that's like, called being in that. college i believe yeah but like, like uh like yeah a, it is like a fraternity <laughs> could rent it out and you just park it on the property Party, you know for their party and you know and so instead of just having a keg you know you just call that guy anyway um i'll say i'll say i would really love to 
to kind of kind of along the same lines for you, May, just for the sake of having another answer. Um, I'll say the same thing, but like for video game preservation. Like, mm-hmm. dude, does uh, it, it, it needs it. It needs it. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, it's like I know a lot of people are complaining about like, oh, we're just, all we're getting is remasters and remakes and fine. Cool. with. I would be OK if there's never a single original video game ever again. You know, there's plenty out there. I well, mean, well, I know, like I still want the original stuff. You know, I still want. <laughs> whatever whatever other game. You know, I'm, I'm still really excited for indiana jones and the great circle and you know i still want like another red dead redemption and gta 6 you know like it's all good but it's like honestly i'm kind of a little bit more excited for a gta 4 remaster than i am gta 6 you know and that, that isn't um, the travesty that was that like collector's pack that came out like yeah last the year definitive so. edition yeah, yeah yeah which did get better but oh um, it did i yes. only heard about it when it like yeah, it, out yeah was like it an, got better an unplayable dumpster fire <laughs> or like or like a legitimate proper remaster of the first red dead redemption to kind of be in red dead redemption 2's engine you know like but, oh, but yeah. also like they they literally just released uh last week um on valentine's day the original three tomb raider games um like remastered on modern consoles but they also have it like the halo remasters where at a push of a button you can go back to classic graphics at any different point like i love that stuff and i just wish like there's so many games especially that are lost to licensing rights that like are potentially just going to be gone forever except for like on discs um which like i guess like will always be around but it's like how on earth how on earth is it is are people sitting there and not thinking that the simpsons hit and run would be would make a bajillion dollars like just, <laughs> just a port right because I would buy so many copies of that game. Um, it, or like, um, I know it was just a crazy taxi port, essentially, but Simpsons Road Rage 2 would be a great. Or like the the Transformers Cybertron games, you know, that Dude, are... Dude, yeah, because the again. Because like the licensing just got lost. Or like um, like like just a lot of those games that they lost licensing. The, the, the Xbox 360 PS3 era Spider-Man games are really good. Now, the Insomniac ones are better, but... I love Shattered Dimensions and Web of Time. Um, yeah, so. dude, I played so much Shattered Dimensions in my time. Yeah, <laughs> and, and the fact, like the fact that Deadpool is so popular right now, and the Deadpool level from Shattered Dimensions, like kids today can't play unless they have yeah. a PlayStation Three. Like, it's just a shame because you should just YouTube that level because it's awesome. Um, so. Thank God Deadpool, that, that game Deadpool is like poured on the PS4 but, at the last minute earlier. Yeah, even they ported it to the PS4 and the, but, but, but it, it, it already lost its licensing. So you have to find a copy, a physical copy. Oh my God. Because I have an Xbox one copy of that game that I can play, but they only made like, uh, you know, 40,000 copies of that game and they sold a bunch digitally, but they lost their licensing like a year into that life cycle. So mm-hmm. anyway, um, it's, it's proven it could be profitable, too, because that Cowabunga collection, that Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles one. Yeah, like that, that flew off shelves. That thing. I well, have one of those. I also just found out about um, uh, there's a there's a collection on PlayStation 4 and Nintendo Switch, but it's um, humongous games. Um, and so they like bought the rights to a bunch of old like windows 98 like computer games that i used to grow up playing and release them on this so it's got like three pajama sam's games <laughs> and it's got like putt putt saves the zoo um, oh, which yeah, was my man. favorite computer game of all time and it's got freddy fish three um so yeah either way just like I, I i love the idea of like more video game restoration please you know like especially when you think of how many star wars games there are out there you know like who would love a republic commando re- like proper remaster not just a port you know or like a 
another Star Wars racer game or you're speaking you know, my language, like dude. the original Battlefront and Battlefront two remastered, you know, like yeah, would never um, allow it. <laughs> I know, but I'm, but I'm just saying like, no, you're right. You're a hundred percent right though. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like and I realized that this endeavor would cost a ton of money, but it's like, look, you just start off with Simpsons hit and run and you make all your money there. And then you buy the licensing <laughs> rights for transformers. And then you just, you know, remake those. And then you buy the light, you know, you just like, Right. Yeah, I, yeah. I'm actually super hopeful. Like now that Microsoft has Activision, like could they do that? You know, mm-hmm. could they buy the? Who has the rights to make Simpsons video games? You know, could they? Especially because like Simpsons Hit and Run was on the original Xbox. Could they just get the rights to backwards compatibility? You know, I, I hope. Um, so that's what I want to do with my company. Um, um, we're, we're we're sorry, Rowan. We know you're not a big video <laughs> game person. <It's> okay. <laughs> <laughs> And 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 with this money too, I'll also buy Rowan a video game console so he can play these. Under yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and he'll oh, that... probably he'll probably mostly just use it to watch uh, movies on. But um... <laughs> know me so well. Sadness. Do some coming attractions. Um, do you guys want to start off with Driveway Dolls or Ordinary Angels? Okay, I have a question about Ordinary Angels. All right, let's start with Ordinary. Okay, what what is this movie? Okay, <laughs> okay, what like so? This is a, <laughs> apparently a movie, right? Um, I hear tell. It is, sounds fake. <laughs> it's coming out on February twenty third. Oh, so it's Madam Web again? Um, <laughs> yeah, I get, yeah. <laughs> inspired by the incredible true story of a hairdresser who single handedly rallies an entire community to help a widowed father save the life of his critically ill daughter. Um, this felt like the kind of trailer that would play in front of Tropic Thunder. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see the trailer, but I don't want well, to now. No, you know, <laughs> no, I haven't. I haven't seen the trailer either. I just like by that by that plot synopsis, it feels like they're like it's got Hillary Swank and Jack Reacher in it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's like I just I, honestly, I just I just try to have like multiple of these picks on there that way people can uh that way there's more than just talking about one thing um and because it's february it's like we got this or we got um fair to say we're all the not interested for this movie yeah. yes okay <laughs> sorry to hijack it for a bit there but i just no. i saw it and i was just like what the hell is this a real thing <laughs> anything else <laughs> <laughs> moving on <laughs> Drive Away Dolls uh, is a new movie from Ethan Cohen, um, uh, written Woo-hoo. by Ethan Cohen and Trisha Cook. So not a Cohen Brothers adventure, but um, it feels like it, like based off of the trailer. But oh yeah, know, it's just like it just isn't their blood. Um, Jamie regrets her breakup with her girlfriend, while Marion needs to relax in search of a fresh start. They embark on an unexpected road trip to Tallahassee. Things go quickly awry when they cross paths. With a group of inept criminals, this is starring Margaret Qualley uh, and Geraldine Viswanathan. Wow, that was... I should have looked at that before trying. <laughs> Beanie Feldstein, Coleman Domingo, Pedro Pascal, apparently. Wow, he's in everything. Um, uh, <laughs> Matt Damon. Uh, I don't know that I recognize anybody else off the top of my head. People but. that wanted to be in a Cohen in a Cohen like associated thing, essentially. So everybody, yeah, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. So uh, driveway dolls. Uh, the scale that we'll use, since we didn't elaborate on it before, talking about ordinary <laughs> angels, is um, if you have no uh, no budget concern or like your budget's not a factor in this, your schedule's not a factor in this. The only thing that is a factor is your free will. 
would you check this out in theaters? Would you wait till you can rent it at home? Will you wait till it's on a streaming service you already pay for? Are you just not interested in this movie or are you just kind of one of those like wait and see crowds for this one, <laughs> you know, um, based off of early letterbox reviews, how you're going to, how, whether that's going to lean you into a camp or not. Um, I will kick us off and say I am full throated theaters for this one. Um, very, very, very excited for this one. Full throated. Um, <laughs> that's a thing, right? Full throttle. I know. I haven't. I I've, haven't heard I've full throated. I've heard full throated before, but I I don't know of anyone who uses it in their in their everyday vernacular. Okay. Look, here's the thing. <laughs> I I say phrases a lot and um, feel confident in saying them, and then I'm wrong. Like I hey, I once was, both. <laughs> I once was teaching at my ministry job and and said um, it takes a village to raise an idiot because I thought that was the saying. Um, <laughs> So oh, no. <laughs> I am fully in theaters for this movie. Could not be more excited. Coen brothers are just on my wavelength when they're doing this kind of movie. Um, or even just one of them, you know, like, like when they're doing this burn after reading, raising Arizona, Fargo um, style. I mean, I also like their other stuff, but to me, they're like very quirky road trip movies. Oh, brother, where there I just watched that again a couple weeks ago. Um, is is like the stuff that my soul is made of. So I am <laughs> full into theaters for this one. Um, who's joining me? Me. Me. There we go. <laughs> Polar opposites. <laughs> one could not give a crap about the other. Let's go. Let's go right now. <laughs> well, and like I, I feel like Margaret Qualley pairing with these is just a match made in heaven. Um, oh yeah, and, yeah. It, and it's making me realize, like, making me question, like, why haven't we gotten Margaret Qualley in this yet? You know, so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or, yeah. with them yet. So I, uh, I just. I mean, uh, she's, we know I love the nice guys, right? And she's so good in the nice guys, which it does feel a lot of ways like a Coen Brothers movie. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, it's mostly a Shane Black movie, right? But it certainly has some of those Coen Brothers elements in it. And so it's no, just Shane, like, Shane Black just ripped off the Coen Brothers. Well, and Margaret <laughs> Qualley is having like, I love just every, because she does these like, really interesting like character pieces that wind up being like really introspective and good. And then Mm -hmm. she'll, and she'll also do stuff like once upon a time in Hollywood where it's like, yeah, like that's, you know, like, like a good, a great role for her. Um, It's not necessarily anything quirky, but like her, like 30 seconds in poor things is awesome. It's it's just incredible. Like you couldn't cast somebody else and get the same reaction out of me. So um, (laughs) I just, yeah, yeah. I love Margaret Qualley and um, for the fact that she's leading this just only amps it up because otherwise I might be like Coen brothers are a little hit or miss for me. Like Battle of Buster Scruggs doesn't do it for me. Uh-huh. Um, it's uh-huh. parts of it do parts of it. Don't just like any anthology. That's um, I didn't like, I didn't love inside Lewin Davis as you know, I think may you were on to talk about that, right? Yep. <laughs> yeah. My favorite um, movie of theirs. <laughs> yeah. I, I liked it, but I didn't love it, but you know, um, uh, it was a good conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I I don't I, I don't know that anybody super loves Lady Killers, but I kind of had a good time good time with it. You know, I haven't gotten to that one yet. <laughs> I need to rewatch it because I'm afraid that I'll hate it. But um, anyway. I imagine it'd be hard to hate anything Coen Brothers do. Honestly, hate uh, is a strong word. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, even yeah. even strongly dislike. I mean, they're just like they have such a they have such an ingenuity. It'd be it'd be hard to like imagine anything of theirs being less than competent. Yeah, that's 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 a really good point. Like, uh, even looking at the IMDb, like they're consistently in the like 
mid sevens range, you know, there hail Caesar is a six, three. And I think that's all. I, I think that movie would be well, more well received if it wasn't the next Coen brothers movie, you know? Oh yeah, definitely. Like, but I, it's, I, but it's because it's compared against burn after reading or, Oh brother, where are was like, sure. It's not as good <laughs> as those two, but it's still really good. Yeah. yeah. Not every Tarantino movies like Django Unchained or Inglorious Bastards. Yeah. 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 But every still, now and then you have a death proof. volume two. How, oh, how death, dare you? Death proof is the better. How dare you? Volume one's better than two. I was just like, I don't know. Like they're both great. <laughs> yeah, but but they're not inglorious bastards, you know. Anyway, yeah, Depending uh, on my yeah, you're right. my favorite Tarantino movie. Inglorious <laughs> 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 bastards is mine. Oh, well, that's not a bad pick. <laughs> I, look, I, I could have said Jackie Brown, right? But heresy. Brown's good. Think, yeah. If anyone thinks that one isn't top tier Tarantino, you're just wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I don't put it on the same level as Inglorious Bastards, but I really like it. Well, that's that's great. But I said what I said. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> No going back. Bro, it help. <laughs> anyway, Probably this movie looks great. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing to say. Wait, what did what did he say? Sorry, May was laughing over Aaron, and so uh, oh, it was a bad. little a little hard to hear him. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, I am excited for this movie. Uh, I mean, like anything, Coen Brothers instantly has my attention. I like the cast. I uh, saw the trailer for the first time in a theater, and it just. It, I was floored. It looks so funny and so fun and it's under 90 minutes. Uh, And that is Mm -hmm. uh, a a great thing for someone who has precious, precious time, as I know we all do. Um, Precious little time, I should say. Um, (laughs) But uh, yeah, no, this movie looks great and I'm excited to see it. I don't have much else to to add to the conversation other than it looks awesome. (laughs) Hot take. Coen Brothers movie looks good. (laughs) Coen Brother movie uh, looks good. And it looks oh, so gay. Yeah. I'm so excited. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I love everything about this movie, at least from from what I see. So yeah, mm-hmm. I'm uh, really excited. Um, you guys are ready to move on? Let's do it. Hell yeah. Before we get into the SIF topic, uh, you got to hear some movie opinions uh, from May. And believe it or not, there were some from Rowan in there as well. <laughs> um, so if you want to hear more opinions from them, where can you... Uh, find them row and let's start with you thank you aaron uh you could find me at um my writing is at knockonwoodfilm.com uh, you could find uh my letterbox and instagram at row in a boat both places uh, and then i do some other podcasts as well uh runtime babe franchise paradiso and rowan and the wasteland um are uh, you could find them anywhere podcasts are found Mm-hmm. And a full-throated recommend for those. Thank you. Thank you. That is the <laughs> highest possible praise I could get. Uh, and it seems today I have achieved uh, – I, 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 I might as well just give up now. Put down the <laughs> – lay down, lay down the gauntlet. <laughs> I am also going to use my full throat to recommend those as well. But, um, <laughs> um, yeah, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. Were you? Were you? Uh, did you have other things to say, Rowan? Uh, none at all. I am done. <laughs> okay, <laughs> great. Um, if if uh, yeah, uh, I'm pretty much just uh, the lap dog of this Rowan here. Um, so <laughs> I uh, I write on some things. He also writes. Like I am. I am a writer on Knock on Wood as well. Still um, painstakingly working on this article that I've been working on for weeks now. Um, it is over 2,000 words. It is getting crazy. <laughs> um, but so yeah, you'll find me there um, on Letterboxd, Mail, and you can find me there. Uh, 
So yeah, um, you find Rowan, you'll probably find me somewhere around there. <laughs> <laughs> Fair. Um, very nice. Uh, real quick reminder, patreon.com sifpopwr. Those episodes go live whenever I get them done. Uh, and they're free to the public. So sifpopwr. Uh, patreon.com sifpopwr for early access to some of those episodes. Uh, let's get into uh, the SIF topic. Uh, let's start with flip a coin. Do any of you feel strongly about starting with one of these? Nope. Not. They're both good. Yeah. Let's talk about <laughs> Black Christmas. Let's do Black Christmas first. Sure. Um, yeah. Just because uh, it's listed first and it's the one that I just finished watching before hopping onto this. So um, real quick, uh, spoiler warning for both Black Christmas and Love and Monsters. Uh, well, once we get into once we get after our rating, um, all all everything is fair game um, to, to spoil this movie. Um, and then same thing with Love and Monsters. Once we get past that rating, um, then fair, fair game for spoilers. So uh, I do recommend that either of these movies, if you were going to watch them, you do watch them before uh, getting into the episodes. I, I think um, I always do a spoiler warning, but I think these ones are actually legitimately um, like you get a diminished spoiler. experience if you don't if you have if you know beforehand. Yes. Yeah, 100 yeah. percent. So um, there's that real quick. Uh, the synopsis for this movie is uh, during their Christmas break, a group of sorority girls are stalked by a stranger. Simple. Love it. Um, accurate. <laughs> a lot it. of times. I mean, it's more complex than that, but, you know, a lot of times, like, I, I, I read these IMDb ones and it's like, that's not the movie. Um, probably get that way with Love and Monsters. We'll see. Um, starring um, uh, Margot Kidder really surprised me. I was like, oh, that's Lois Lane. Like, oh, yeah. Shows up. And then John Saxon. I was like, that's the guy from Nightmare on Elm Street. That's the show. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, May, who, May, who else is in this movie that people should know, like, or would recognize? Uh, I mean, Olivia Hussey plays Jess, the main final girl in it, who, um, I if was you're really a, afraid to say her last name. So, <laughs> yeah, um, if you're a weird, if you're a weird horror fan like me, you would recognize her as playing um, Norman Bates's mom in Psycho 4, the beginning. Um, <laughs> also in um, Romeo and Juliet, the 68 version and Death yeah, on the Nile, the original Death on the Nile. Right. She's also an ice cream man, which is one of the greatest movies of all time. Um, and yeah, so I mean, she's Batman she's beyond. Heck yeah. Yeah, she's she's in a lot of good places. She, she's one of those actresses that, like, if you're in the know, she's really, really great. And you're just happy to see her anywhere she shows up. Because even though I, 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 I jest when I mention things like Psycho 4, but she's legit great in that movie in that very underrated film. And, and uh, yeah, so she's just and she is one of my favorite final girls of all time in this movie. But we'll get to it. <laughs> Adding Ice Cream Man to the watch list. <laughs> no, 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 that, that one was actually in jest. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh okay i was like i you saw would not... I, I went to imdb and saw it and i was like you know what if may saying then it's, it's sure by what i remember of it it was sure funny okay <laughs> <laughs> um and uh yeah so that's uh, some people that are starring in this movie uh directed by bob bob clark and screenplay by roy moore um, this is, uh, cited as one of the like stars of the slasher, slasher genre, like the early slasher genre. This is uh-huh. like before Halloween. And so this is credited along with like Texas Chainsaw Massacre and some other ones as being the true like pioneers of the genre. So, um, um, Black Christmas real quick. I want to know before we get into this, um, what is your history? Rowan, I'd like to start with you, um, because this movie has been remade twice and, um, I, I want to know even if you'd seen any of them. What's your mm-hmm. history with this movie or for, or IP? 
So I watched uh, the first movie uh, relatively recently, like within the last six months. Like um, this one as in the first movie? The original, yes. Yeah. Uh, and I haven't seen any of the remakes or um, – yeah, I haven't seen any of the remakes. I've listened to a podcast – about the uh, about how all of uh, how the production of all of those movies went wrong, uh, and uh, and 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 the you know the terrible products that they created, uh, but I haven't seen the movies, so I cannot back up the fact that they are terrible. But I'm sure May can. Um, but <laughs> we'll <get> uh, to <laughs> yeah, uh, but the original, like I loved the original, so I felt that, you know why not? Why ruin it? Why just uh, why spoil the experience by watching the rest of them? I should just stick with the original, and that I did. Uh, May, your history? Oh, yeah. I mean, I watched this for the first time many years ago, one late night on Canopy. <laughs> and, awesome. Uh, yeah. And, um, Canopy I, is Loki the goat, but yeah. Love 100%. Canopy. I think love I watched canopy. it on Canopy as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and um, expected to enjoy it. I like slashers. You all know me. I'm essentially the resident horror freak. I was going to say aficionado, but then I said freak of the, <laughs> of the Sif Pop crew. Um, and so I, I was like, I'll probably enjoy this. And then I proceeded to watch what I consider to be one of the scariest movies I've ever seen in my life. Even watching it last night, I was like, oh, God, I cannot do anything else while watching this. And so, <laughs> um, and so, yeah, I then proceeded to be absolutely obsessed with it. I have watched both remakes. I even got to watch the 2019 one in theaters when it released. And it was one of the most debilitating remake experiences I've ever had. <laughs> <laughs> the 2006 version is overhated to crap. That's not to say that it is a great movie, but it is fun and gnarly. And if that's all you're looking for, that's fine. <laughs> it takes all the mystery and mystique out of this one, though. So I totally understand if you want to like just mm. cut it out entirely. You you get way too much explanation over everything in that one. <laughs> um, Gross. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I think it's a. Uh, I just think it's a wonderful film. It's one that I've been like that person in the background of every movie conversation where I go black christmas is one of the greatest of all time that's been me it is a, there's those there's those cult that cult following behind black christmas and i am like one of the loudest people in that cult i feel so very nice um i remember the 2006 one coming out and like really wanting to watch it because i was 11 at the time and like i didn't like horror movies all that much but it's like if i was gonna watch one that was gonna be one that i was gonna watch you know oh yeah um you know like like just because like very simple setting gnarly kills or whatever I was, i'm a big fan of the saw franchise always have been. so like hell yeah, yeah I, I can handle I, I got my stomach can handle it uh my throat as well throat <laughs> can handle it um, <laughs> this is a full-throated um, recommend i uh so so i do remember like wanting this to see it and then just didn't because i was 11 and then i was like i don't think i'm missing out on anything and then just kind of forgot about like the ip and then, of course they did the remake a couple years ago I was like, oh cool and maybe that'll be and i didn't even, I didn't even know there was like this original one um and uh and then i was like oh cool well maybe i remember that one not being super well received maybe they'll get it right this time and then the reviews came out it's like forget that they'll make that you know because i'm and then i'm not going to see that because it's, it's sitting in the threes on the imdb and it takes something special to do that Deserves especially it deserves it <laughs> especially for things that are like theatrical release um but I, and so i just kind of figured like the first one has middling score the middle one has middling scores and uh the new one has bad scores so i figured there's no way the original is good <laughs> but turns out like people really like it and i remember uh this is a new addition to like a eligibility for the podcast because there was a sale going on i remember messaging foster 
because there was like a scream factory like sale going on a shout factory sale going on it's shout factory um, and it's of great quality and that's what i watched it on last night <laughs> so well, and i remember like specifically looking and being like all right here's kind of the money i've got to work with what, which one of these are looking so i bought um war games this black christmas and uh prince of darkness because foster said if you buy one buy that one um, prince of darkness is so great yeah, I'll get around to it someday. But uh, <laughs> yeah, um, I have that 4K here in front of me. And by nice. the way, um, three discs, uh, 4K feature film, Blu-ray feature film with a bunch of commentaries. But disc three is all special features. Um, remembering Black Christmas art, uh, actor Art Hindle, Victims and Virgins remembering actress Lynn Griffin, Black Christmas Legacy 2006 Critical Mass Cut. What is that? Is that like a different cut of this film? I haven't seen it. I have no idea. Uh, 40th anniversary panel at uh, Fan Expo in 2014. Uh, 12 Days of Black Christmas documentary. Black Christmas Revisited. Like, there is so much on here. Like, I'm legitimately surprised they got all this content on one Blu-ray. So, mm-hmm. um, I'm uh, really interested in diving into a lot of these special features. Um, so, so it's so cool to be a horror fan recently. You get so much stuff like that. And it's <laughs> primarily horror stuff. Yeah. It's so great. Shout so, Factory is like legitimately working on like some great stuff. Like I still think there is like I think the the peak is still like Criterion, and I think Arrow and Kino Lorber have really come up there. But I think Shout's in that conversation too. Hundred um, percent. Shout and Scream like, Factory like up there for me. Yeah, they've really like all of these like. I don't want to call them like super boutique labels because I know there's a lot more like niche, but like I think Shout, Arrow, Criterion, and um, Kino Lorber. I'm just like I- I'll j- I'll just see that label and I just know I'm in for some good. <laughs> I know that is the definitive way to own this version, you know. Oh yeah, which, which made me thrilled that Anatomy of a Fall is getting a Criterion release. So mm-hmm. you know I'm picking that up at the first sale. Black Christmas, um, May. This was your number one overall pick. Um, out of all the movies you could have picked for me to watch, why this one? Uh, because I consider it essential. I think the fact that it is a cult classic is a shame. It should be a classic classic. And I think I honestly view this film in the same way that a lot of people view Halloween. I think it is just one of the pinnacles of the horror genre, period. And so give anyone an excuse to watch it. Hell yeah, man. <laughs> uh, with that in mind, uh, May, do you like it, love it, hate it, dislike it, or think it's just okay? Yeah, it's just okay. <laughs> no i love it i love it i love it love it love it uh rowan this is your second time seeing it uh only uh only the first time oh um, shoot. I, I i did not rewatch it for the podcast i did not have time that's uh but fine. um i did watch it october four months ago um close enough and it stuck with me i will say uh this is a movie that lingers in your brain uh long after you see it um it's so atmospheric so atmospheric and kind of Like, it's a movie that you, the feeling you get while watching it, you know, like, I feel like this is like super high praise, you know, this is maybe the highest praise you can give a movie, but it's a movie that the same feeling you have while you're watching it lingers long after the credits roll, um, Mm. which I think is like what a lot of filmmakers aspire to create, especially when making a horror movie. Um, But like, I, you know, like that feeling, especially horror related, is something that is like sought out now by modern horror filmmakers that are trying to sort of recreate the lightning in a bottle that movies like this, you know, like 
pioneered and like it's like it's really hard to get there these days um but you know like the, the, the like classics like black christmas just make it look so easy um mm-hmm. and yeah i i i really like this movie i love it dare i say um and i think it's uh, just incredible and i agree with may it should be uh considered a true classic instead of just you know um recognized as such in uh in you know film circles and horror circles i'm glad i'm not alone on that one of course <laughs> I respect the hell out of this movie. I'm going to go on the border of like it or love. If I have to pick one, I'll go love. Uh, but it's just kind of on that border. It's um, I, I think part of it is it's it's so much respect for this movie, you know? So even though it may not have necessarily like been my favorite watch, like it's, it's one of those like you watch and you can just see the influence coming out of it. Right. Like, um it's you such could a have, strong artistic vision for this time especially you could have told me that this came out like after halloween and I'm like yeah sure this ha- halloween inspired <laughs> this movie it's like no the inverse is true and then that makes halloween make a lot more sense too mm-hmm. um and can I, so, can I tell you all a story about this actually sure, concerning yeah. halloween um so famously I, I don't i don't think i've ever read a specific thing i just heard this from like a ton of places but there is a story where john carpenter loved this movie so much before he made halloween he went to bob clark director of this film also director <laughs> of a christmas story in case anyone was wondering um <laughs> and said hey i love this so much you're ever gonna make a sequel to it and he's like nah probably not and he's like okay but if like you had to what would you do and he said okay the next one would be some of the effect of he it's the same guy and he escapes from the san- from the sanatorium that they're keeping him in, and he's going to come and find the girl at her house and stalk her on Halloween night. And I guess I'd call it Halloween. <laughs> I I gotta think there's some truth to that, but like also knowing that Halloween was originally called the Babysitter, the oh, baby, no. like it, it definitely like that definitely would simplify if you only take that as inspiration yes. for Halloween. That would definitely simplify what Halloween is. But but I, he, I I I do love the idea that this was inspired by that Halloween was inspired by this movie. John Carpenter oh yeah. asking if you were to make a sequel. Um, there's a lot of like I looked at a little bit of the trivia. Apparently, like people there's an IMDb trivia that's like apparently this was Elvis's favorite horror movie and he made a tradition <laughs> to watch it every Christmas. But then he died two years later. So like like after the film released, so his his tradition was two years. Well, he so didn't know. Like, well, <laughs> I know, but it's like, how many years before you can actually call it a tradition? You know, anyway. Fair um, enough. But, uh, you know, either way, I, um, <laughs> um, yeah, I think it's, it's it, this, this also, this movie, I think has a lot of baggage because of the remakes after it. And I haven't seen them again, but I'm pretty sure one of them, I don't know which one of them. Um, my guess is it's the 2019 one. Like the villain is like a cult. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the 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 first the 2006 one is pretty much a direct remake of this story, except okay. you know the whole time the twist. Like it follows as much Billy as a character as it does the college girls. And so that one is pretty direct. And the 2019 one literally, besides the name and the setting, has nothing to do with these storylines. By the twist, you mean that the killer's in the attic the whole time? That and that it's not anyone in the in the group. It's oh, like we're okay. we're conditioned sure. to think like yeah. it's kind of a who done it. You're, ex- sure. you're meant to expect that it's like the 2001 character guy. <laughs> yeah. Right, right. Or or that it's like any of these things or it's the the boyfriend that smashes the piano, yeah. yeah. Right. And um 
and in in the 2006 one you see it's the it's just like horribly like jaundiced like like attic dwelling like monster of a man it's like more reminiscent of like the girl at the end of wreck than like a human being <laughs> and so mm. like it you you know that as well in that one that's kind of the big thing and it's just really gnarly and gory the whole time the 2019 one is just like a pg-13 cult movie about black ooze taking over the boys at a college campus to reassert men's dominance in uh, the world in what yeah that that kind of thing <laughs> and it's so really it's the anti-barbie great it's yeah. it's well it don't get me started we, i could talk about that way too long it's, it's <laughs> it, it attempts to be a feminist film and absolutely undercuts every single possible way it could be successful at that goal <laughs> which is a shame because we need more feminist films but <laughs> yeah like the original uh, black christmas <laughs> I um yeah I uh so I thought I thought this was leading to like a cult thing just because I I thought that's what this was going to but what you what you get here is honestly just a very simplistic story mm-hmm. um but that winds up having a lot of layers that I wasn't expecting like the whole like consequential like the high school girl that was missing uh that they found murdered that that is why the police are distracted from this you know from really working on this case um as well as like he had been calling for a while and you know the sorority girls just being like oh let's listen and entertain you what do you got for us today you know yada 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 um but as well as like this movie is just it's just shot so well it's got rowan you mentioned it's got such a great atmosphere to it that it's it's really hard to be like for some i I legitimately don't think you could watch this movie and be like yeah i didn't like that i mean maybe you could be like I just I don't know that I'd see it again because horror is not really my bag or like whatever. But like it's genuinely tense. It's genuine. It's genuinely scary. And it's like genuinely like years ahead of its time um, in terms of like the way this is made. I mean, it's just one of those, again, maybe growing up in the like, you know, late 90s, early 2000s, where our horror films was the like the horror films I grew up on were like the Ryan Reynolds Amityville horror and stuff like that. Like, <laughs> yeah, um, like it's really refreshing to see like such minimalism done so well. Um, yeah, so, so same goes with like Halloween, you know, where it's just, it's really nice to see like, oh yeah, all you need is a guy with a knife, you know, or in this case, all you need is a guy with a phone, like, or shiny um, unicorn or shiny unicorn. Yes. yes. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it, uh, it just, it, it winds up getting to, uh, it's just, it's really, really, really tense. It's like the, the way this movie is shot. And I think like, I, I looked, I looked at the, again, reading through some of the trivia that the movie like originally was supposed to be a lot gorier and then chose to like actually like cut out a lot of what they did or they chose to like like before they started filming they chose to like show less of what happened so more so you saw the lead up and then you saw the aftermath because that is more frightening and it is Mm -hmm. that's why so Mm -hmm. um just everything about this movie just really works on technical level and of course the 4k from shot fact screen factory just looks incredible oh yeah it's yeah this movie's a freaking masterpiece, dude. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, were you about to say something, Rowan? I don't want to cut you off. I was just gonna say, like, it's so tactful in how it presents this situation um, that these characters are in. Like, it feels very real, and I think that's part of what makes it scarier is because the real, like, the more real something looks and feels, like, the more your mind will associate it with, oh, this could happen in real life. Oh, has this happened in real life? Oh, what if this happens to me in real life? And that's where the horror from situations and movies like this comes from. Um, oh, yeah. And, and I, like, I 
one of the other things that struck me while I was, while I was watching it is is the script. Like 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 I think the script is just incredible, but it doesn't call attention to itself in the way that I feel like a horror movie now would be. And like not necessarily, you know, like Jordan Peele is a fantastic screenwriter. It's not necessarily a bad thing that that's something you notice while watching his movies, but Black Christmas feels like subtle in the way that it seems like the may from what you say it sounds like the remakes were like trying to go for that and just massively undercutting themselves themselves by trying to go too much in that direction because oh, yeah. you know you, you like you can't mess with the original <laughs> uh and 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 yeah I, I i just think it's so so well yeah it has as much thematic and like story complexity as like a jordan peele film but like you don't if you're not looking for it you could it could entirely go over your head and the movie could still be great like it works entirely on the like normal way you'd watch a, a slasher just like a bunch of teens get killed by a, a killer and it still would be an effective excellent film in that own right you know but i i think to me what's always made this movie so special is yes the script so i completely agree with you there but um the like thematic undercurrent it's dealing with the entire time which is um i think the movie is essentially about the um male taking away of female independence and autonomy it mm. is like so the main the main character Jess is the her main plot line in the film is how she's in college and she wants to do all these things but she's pregnant and this, that's a pretty strict thing that she doesn't want and she's like oh I think maybe I don't want to keep this baby and her boyfriend is like no you know what I'm going to do I was going to be a concert pianist and I'm pianist and I'm going to sacrifice this entire thing for you and I'm going to quit all this and we're going to get married and we're going to raise this child you know and she's like whoa 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 hold on hold on now, hold, like, hold your horses. I, I, I think I still want to have a life. I still have ambitions. I still want to do all these things. And that is reflected as much in the killer Billy for being literally inside the sacred, like, place, which is your home that you consider to be the place where you can be the most yourself. When you take away that distance from the killer, which is so fantastic, there's the moment when she gets the call. It's like, it's, he's in the house. He's in the house with you. And there's a zoom in from the top of the stairs all the way directly onto her face. That closing of the distance is an intentional filmmaking violation directly. You see the killer with the camera stab with a knife through the air all the way directly into her like spine as she gets the shivers up it, you know? And it's just so incredible the way that it basically violates you as an audience by putting you so much into her character's point of view. And I don't think I've ever seen a film so subtly weave those ideas of taking away taking away female independence like that in such a beautifully robust and elegant way i the thing that i was thinking you're you're talking about like that stair shot i've Mm -hmm. seen a lot of these shots in movies but i've never seen them done this well like Mm -hmm. i've seen this movie try to be replicated a million times but this still felt like original you know or like i think like my review for the holdovers this year was essentially like you've seen this movie a ton but you've never seen it done this well. But like, I would say the same for this older movie here, you know, like you've seen what this movie is doing, but it's only because it's people trying to replicate, you know, the shot of the eye in the, in the door slit, the, the, the going down the, the, the stairs, you know, um, uh, the, the, the shot, the, um, yeah, the, the, the very, very, very extended, no cut shots, especially like uh, when they're on the phone, like you've seen, you know, again, even in the phone one, like Scream is trying to replicate this. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Yeah. Uh, Scream is also like trying to be a meta, you know, 
oh yeah in some ways comedy as well so it's not tr- it's not trying to be black christmas and you know it, it works because of that right but it's like it's you've, inspiration. you've yeah. seen a lot of what this movie is doing in the same way you can go back and watch the original halloween and be like yeah i've seen a lot of this replicated but the replication is just never as good as this original um so and, and i think a lot of it is just like I think a lot of it is because there is something really refreshing about going back to these like 70s horror movies and seeing the simplicity of it all. Halloween is a guy with a knife and <laughs> um, and like that's kind of it, especially like if you only take the first one as canon, like there's no Laurie is Michael's brother. There's no like um, extra thing. It's just Michael saw Laurie and followed her. And just, that was it. Just decided like, she was the girl that he was going to go after that day. And and if you yeah. want to read into the whole, like, you know, uh, the, those that have sex, like the virtuous live in the, you know, the promiscuous die or whatever. But like, first of all, like the filmmakers are like, that's not at all what we intended. So no, you know, but then also like, no, they're just, th- their point is they were distracted and they died. Like, that's it. You know, so like, yeah, <laughs> going back to these very, very, very simple movies right like 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 you mentioned may apparently the 2006 version is essentially a remake of this but you also see the killer's perspective mm-hmm. kind of sounds like rob zombies halloween to me where it's like now we're trying to like give you more of the insight from their perspective as well like also like the pov shots from the killer are frightening in this movie dude um that bit like when he he's in the attic, the attic just freaking out yes yeah exactly that and i'm yeah. just like that guy's gonna kill a whole sorority house full you know anyway yeah. um um, and even I, th- I think especially in the Scream movies, I think the 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 Scream two for t- like I think is very much trying to be a mini Black Christmas. Oh yeah, um, oh yeah, yeah yeah. I've had which, that thought which many Scream times. two is my favorite Scream. So you know um, that's um, yeah I I know. Um, <laughs> for those that didn't know, I just made a very surprised face. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's so, not a bad pick. <laughs> so like, uh, but but you know, and then you mentioned the 2019 one doing like the 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 cult and the goo thing, like. I think that people are afraid of doing simple because who's going to care about a movie in 2024 about a, you know, a guy with a knife. You know what? Halloween 2018 worked really well because it was a guy (laughs) with a knife. Like, Uh uh and that was it, you know, Um, it happened to also be a sequel and do a lot of like good character stuff with it. But it's like, it wasn't an overly complex movie. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't trying to do any of this. And yes, we can also get really great complex, especially thematic movies, like the ones that Jordan Peele is doing, but it's like, you can also just do a guy with a knife. And as long as you do it really well, it's going to stand this test of time. So like, it's really refreshing going back and seeing some of these and being like, it's almost like you expect so much more to happen. And then it doesn't. And you're like, Oh, that was really refreshing. Yeah. The, right. this, it like goes back to the bare bones of like, Oh, this is why we actually might like something like this. Cause something like the remakes are a perfect example of like, you're just putting too much in there. It's like, what is, what is this actually here for other than to just like provide novelty against the original one? And so like, if that's all you're going for, then like you're essentially creatively undercutting yourself from the conception because like, that's not an idea. That's like, that's like a move of like, this is going to sound harsh, but a move of desperation to not, <laughs> to not be the, the other one. And, you know, and it, the movies that don't, take that desperation into being the Lion King 2019. So maybe just create, maybe just do original ideas. (laughs) But like, you know, oftentimes even the best horror sequels and the best sequels in general are ones that take like, take like the original idea, the very, very core of it, and then do something very different with it. We just mentioned Terminator 2 earlier. It's like the original like conceit of that story is there, but this time we're creating entirely different experience around it. But still the, the thrilling aspect is still there. The character is still there. And that's really all you need, you know? So 
just adding complication is where a lot of sequels go wrong and why going back to this original one you're like it is simple it's simple and really good but that means yeah. that you can't be distracted by any other superfluous crap yeah. and, <laughs> right. it, and it's 98 minutes and i'll be honest it felt a little longer than that but like it it, it not in a bad way you know <laughs> I didn't feel like, you know, we were talking about driveway dolls being like an 84 minute, like that movie is going to be like, you walk in and you walk out and, but like probably have a blast, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I did not feel like this movie was like, I was in and out. I, I certainly felt some of the link to it, but I didn't mind. I think it's because like the way it's shot, like I feel like I'm there in real time and I feel like, um, it likes like, to hold like, you in moments. Yes. Yes. Like, so I think horror is the one genre that can get away with movies being 90 minutes and feeling a lot longer because that means that they're holding your suspense and your attention, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, um, uh, and I think even movies, I, I would call gravity a horror movie. Um, but yeah, I know it's technically labeled like action or sci-fi, but like gravity is like a 90 minute movie that also feels like two and a half hours. That movie's 90 minutes. Yeah, I know. That's what I said. It's like it's a 90 minute movie that feels like oh. it's two and a half hours because it's so suspenseful, you know. Um, so anyway, I just um, uh, I I really appreciated um, just everything about this. movie. I don't think I have a single bad thing to say about the movie, um, but I do think I am out of things to say about this movie at this time. But I also am really interested. Uh, man, I know you've kind of alluded um, to this movie being like a, a really big like feminist piece. I think this is one that like. If I would have watched it a week ago, I'd have more to say. But because I just finished it, it's one of those <laughs> like I'm I'm really excited to dig into all these special features. Oh, yeah. A uh, quick shout out to this is probably the scariest phone calls of all time out of all film. <laughs> like all those voices, yeah. all the the manic, like the the crudeness of it. This is 1974. And this man is saying this stuff. You know, like, what's crazy to me is is I didn't know that this was like true, but I was I was hearing the phone calls. And definitely like hearing Ralphie from A Christmas Story. <laughs> really? <laughs> yes. I've only seen that movie once. I wasn't a fan of it. Sorry, everyone loves that movie. But um, I, just, I, I totally did not recognize that at all. <laughs> I think it's just like it, there's the scene where he's like all super bundled. Like Ralphie is also like uh, Ralphie's younger brother is all like super bundled up and he like falls in the snow and he can't get up. And it's just like I, like I think the way the sound is done is just very similar to that. Anyway, just I, I didn't I, I, I was just like, oh, it's. Either way, it was a lot scarier. <laughs> Maybe I'll be scared of a Christmas story this time. Uh, but yes, super affecting phone calls. Yeah. And uh, just a quick shout out to what I consider one of the best climaxes in horror history. And just final like 15 minutes, essentially, from like the entire chase to like that yelling down the stairs and everything. Mm-hmm. I also love that like you realize that the the pattern of the phone calls is after he kills somebody. Yes. And so when he calls in the first the first part of the movie, when he calls, that's when he killed the high school girl. Oh, it was right. It was right. Learning, after that. Learn something new every day. All right. Yeah. Is just that. And when he calls at the very end of the movie, that's when he killed the main character. And so that just talk about a way to like the zoom out with being able to see the first kill in the movie in the window ever get ever so smaller as it mm-hmm. zooms out. And that I just think that is a speaks to what Rowan was saying, just the lingering feeling. It's it it doesn't leave it in a bow. It, it leaves it in an open-ended horror. Man, the zooming out from the attic while the phone is still ringing is also just like one of the scariest endings ever. Mm-hmm. Yes, dude. It's like, I think this kind of ending, like if this didn't exist, I'm willing to die on this hill. The, the way that a lot of like modern quote-unquote elevated horrors movie end now would be different. I think a lot of elevated horror movies are trying to do an ending like this. I think of like 
Ari Aster's movies, the way they end, it's very similar in like the emotional place they're trying to leave you. And just like all kinds of things like that. They they intentionally follow this exact formula and leaving it opening and horrifying in that last second for a like thematically and dramatically unexpected reason. And I, I just think that's really smart. And Black Christmas was 1974 <laughs> doing that. Ahead of the curve. Yeah. Yeah. Just my, my admiration for this movie goes through the roof. <laughs> yeah. Any final thoughts? Best Christmas movie ever made. Fully recommend. <laughs> great. Um, also great, like sort of holiday genre blend, um, which we oh, don't yeah. get a ton of in a good way. Like, you know, like we've gotten our fair share of crap, but like it's, it's making it, it seem, it's going to seem like a crazy comparison, but nightmare before Christmas and this are my two favorite, like sort of holiday blended quote unquote horror movies. Ron, um, have you based. seen Krampus? Krampus. I've not seen Krampus. It's on the list. You're and I'm sure gonna love make, Krampus. I'm sure it, it would make the list. Yeah, yeah, you're gonna love Krampus. <laughs> shout out um, to um, shout out to the 1990s direct-to-video Jack Frost movie as well. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I love the I love the blended genre stuff. It works too, especially too, because like you know you have the like sort of jump scare of the carolers at the door, but you know, mm-hmm. even just like man, this this movie made Christmas scary. Yeah, um, that's the great the like the, the like juxtaposition. It's like the most horrifying thing in the world during Christmas. It's like that's even like what the Black Christmas titles. Anyway, I can talk forever. <laughs> Shout Let's, out to Thanksgiving uh, in that in that same vein as well. <laughs> Let's move on to uh, Love and Monsters. This is a 2020 released film. Uh, seven years after he survived the monster, apop- monster apocalypse, uh, lovably hapless, Joel leaves his cozy underground bunker behind on a quest to reunite with his high school sweetheart. Pretty okay synopsis. I was afraid that was going to be terrible. Um, <laughs> starring Dylan O'Brien, also having uh, Jessica Henwick, uh, Michael Rooker in there. Um uh those are the main ones i definitely thought there was more people i remember there's a lot of there's I a lot of that guys really surprised yeah like <laughs> I, I didn't i didn't look, i didn't know anything about this movie other than dylan o'brien and so when michael rooker showed up i'm like that's michael rooker and apparently the minnow is the girl from 65 which i didn't see 65 yeah. and uh she's in ahsoka as well um she's in barbie she she's the kid in barbie Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah isn't, isn't she also? That's in what a, I knew her from. She's in an MCU thing as well, right? She's young Gamora. Yeah, young Gamora. Yeah, 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 yeah. And she's, so in, she's in the Heights. I really like. Them. She she's been around, man. Good oh, for yeah. her. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, uh, Eleven Monsters, uh, directed by Michael Matthews, uh, uh, Matthew Robinson, Brian Duffield, screenplay credits, a couple other uh, credits there. Um, Rowan, you suggested this movie. I did. Um, real quick. This was uh this was your like number two pick, uh, mm-hmm. just under one of the goats ones. Uh, what what was the thing that really made you um, want to uh, like pick this movie? It's I chronically underseen, uh, and I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that it was released during the pandemic. Uh, it was originally it originally had a theatrical release that fell through, like so many films did. Um, and honestly, I think it's. Maybe not the greatest film in the world, uh, but it is just a really, really fun, sweet little movie with some fantastic Oscar-nominated um, visual effects. Um, I and like it's just such a fun, like you know, it, it's not like the, the kind of piece of like high, you know, like Oscar caliber, um, you know, like David. Fincher, Mank type, you know, stuff that you're going to, you know, that, that you're going to kick yourself for missing when award season comes along. But it is it's like green. that. <laughs> it is that kind of like fun, 
sort of classic hapless guy story uh, that we don't get a ton of anymore. And when we do, it's it, it, it's not always the greatest. And I think this movie is actually really fun and really sweet um, and deserves to be seen by as many people as possible. Very nice. Uh, May, have you seen this before? Hell yeah, man. Saw it the year it came out. Saw it just recently. Cool. Uh, this was my first time seeing it. It was one of those that, again, because of the COVID year, just so many movies got missed. And then uh, just because of various reasons and then heard it was really good. And I think I picked it up for Black Friday like a year ago and um, uh, the 4K of it, uh, especially because I know that my wife would be interested in seeing it, partly because she'll watch anything with Dylan O'Brien, but also because I think she had mentioned um something uh mentioned wanting to see it or something that was on anyway so i picked it up and then uh finally decided to watch it so um let's go back in that order rowan do you like love it hate it dislike it i think it's just okay i like it a lot i don't know if i love it um but i do i am on the very very high side of liked it uh may where do you land exactly the same thing word for word <laughs> verbatim <laughs> i have issues with the movie but i did love it uh nice. <laughs> so like i, I want to say like it's a different like where i'm like black christmas you know i was really good but i'm on the side of that. like <laughs> i loved watching this movie i do think there are some things in this movie that i i wish were whatnot but ultimately like this movie started and i'm just like i'm in like i i, I am in <laughs> like it it it, it it does so much well. Let's 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 uh, start things off again by saying spoiler warning. And now that we've given our ratings, you've been warned. Um, this movie does so much world building so well. Um, mm-hmm. It's all of the little touches. Um, it's it's all of the little things like how we're introduced to like this bunker at first, and we're introduced to the Mavis, and we're just, Mavis is like kind of just thrown to the side, uh, and then winds up being a really like important scene partner in a later movie. Uh, or in the later scene. Um, and then uh, and then there's things like he's keeping his journal. He's writing to this girl, Amy, who's Amy, you know, and it's one of those that like I didn't I'm looking at IMDb right now and the trailer is like auto playing. And I'm like, they gave that away in the trip. Like, <laughs> terrible. Um, like because c- like it shows the parents getting crushed in the car. I'm like, I would have not showed that in the trailer. Um, you know, or, and, and even then you could just look, oh, cool. Jessica Henwick's playing this Amy girl. Right. But like, just, just who is Amy is Amy, you know, this, um, this person that he's made up is Amy, this like person from his past is, is Amy alive? Is Amy dead? You know, who knows? But like all of it's like set up pretty quickly. As soon as you're asking who is Amy, the movie's answering it and it's giving you the answer to those questions. Um, you know, she's alive. She's at this base. That's some distance away. They got separated somehow. And then they show you kind of how they get separated. Like they provide in a lot of context later. And it's like, okay, so like, you know, they they talk about how, you know, the loss. And it's like, okay, well, his parents, right? And then and then later, like, they're like, are his parents actually dead? Is it going to be one of those separated? He's not sure if he was alive. And then they give you an answer. Um, but the movie also does leave enough to where like you get to kind of fill in the blanks. Um, and that's to me really fun. Like the whole backstory of like, minnow and uh clyde where Mm -hmm. it's like oh that's not my daughter and then they kind of piece it together where it's like you know essentially like he had a son and her daughter and her father was killed presumably in the same incident and so now they're kind of just like together and that's like all we really know but that's all we need to know and it really Mm -hmm. leaves a lot of mystery and it leaves a lot of like fill in the gaps and by the way dog is super lovable boy sorry (laughs) boy is super lovable in this and it's one of those where again we don't we don't know anything about like what we know that there Who was somebody him. yeah there was somebody that presumably set up that bus for him and 
you know, he was able to like survive and whatnot out there. Presumably that person's gone. It was presumably a woman because of the dress. The lipstick. But, like, yeah. In the lipstick. But like also could have been like a boyfriend that just kept some souvenirs, you know, or whatever. But like, I just, we don't know what happened to boy's owner. Mm-hmm. We can assume. And the movies is really smart in that stuff. And Rowan, as you mentioned, remarkably good visual effects in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, was surprised how good they were. And um, I'm happy it got the Oscar nom. But yeah. I'll shut up for a little bit. I just, I loved my experience with this movie and um, for sure loved the ride. So many visual effects and none of them weak. Like, yeah, yeah it's it's not one of those where it's like, oh, you have like one monster, you know, it's like, no, you have like every a lot of shapes and sizes and pretty frequently. And they're they, all great. They never repeat. No, <laughs> it's awesome. I'm sorry, Rowan, you look like you're about to speak. Uh, I wasn't necessarily. Uh, if you have a point, I would I would love to hear it. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, I, I just I want to tack on one more thing with the visuals. Sorry. Yeah. It's not hidden. Like it's not like hidden in nighttime. Like they have some of them that are like hidden in trees sometimes. But it's like most of them happen. Like they're not afraid. It's really great visual. That crab at the end is incredible. Like looks blends in with the environment so so well. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, Yeah. that. And I think one of the smartest things about the monster. This is such like not even like that critical of an analysis of it. One of such of the smart things about the way they do the variety of monsters in this. That no matter who you are, one of these monsters is going to give you the absolute heebie-jeebies from one yep. weird personal thing. So, like, like one of you guys would probably say, like, yeah, when he fell into that hole and all those sand mites started coming out of the holes, like that absolutely got me. I have like such a weird specific <laughs> fear of this. For me, it was that weird centipede thing that came out of the ground and like curled mm-hmm. up onto him and almost killed Boy. And so, like, like I saw that, and I think I might have just shriveled into a little ball and uh, i could have just not watched a movie for two weeks after that because i just my, my, <laughs> yeah, bo- my soul left my since, body <laughs> not since the really tall spider creatures from kong skull island have i felt that way but yes <laughs> i did get the heebie-jeebies in this movie. oh yeah it's just like <sighs> and it's also like i think there is such a great thing here that needs to happen more and it's almost like this is basically kid horror right it's like mm-hmm. a kid horror film. Like you get this with like the Gremlins films. It's kid horror. It's like absolutely a horror film. The foundation of it is the same as even like basically something like The Last of Us. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's the same basically, but like they just, it's the tone, it's the characters, it's the goal. I love that. And the even like, like just how lived in and true it feels. It's that like familiar, but fresh take on the familiar thing that makes it so accessible. And um, yeah, I just think it's really successful in making everything just, like I don't question this, and that that's exactly right. Yes, I wouldn't I wouldn't change it, <laughs> and that it's really good at just making it like that. I think my only one issue with the film, I don't have a single issue, and it's that I think there is one moment at the very end, and you probably know what I'm talking about, that feels extremely like the studio screamed out and said they need to kiss at the end, they need yeah. to kiss, and like I get what the moment's meant to be. It's meant to be like him closing the door on that. And then him leaving to go and find the people that he's actually been with the whole time. I just think it's a little forced personally, especially when the whole setup of that character, once he got there was that, Oh, it has been seven years. Oh, maybe this isn't maybe him to redevelop relationship. Even if this is to even begin to start being a thing, but then it's just like, Oh, but we got to have our cake and eat too. And so I, I didn't necessarily feel that way, but I understand why you did. Yeah. It's just, it felt a little bit like, they did so well making her like an unexpected character because like essentially she's being used as this object to attain the whole movie, like a damsel in distress. And then he gets there and he's like, Oh wait, no, 
there's like a whole thing going on here and a whole <laughs> like set of problems and circumstances and things going on. And like, oh, wow, that's refreshing. And then, oh, we got to kiss the end, though. Okay, all right. Yeah. <laughs> Not yeah. to say it doesn't take the dramatic steps that also needed to be do be done to make it earned. But just I think it's it's a little it's still a little forced, like I said. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and Dylan O'Brien, I think, is maybe one of the best choices to play a character like this because he's, you know, you really do buy him. Like you've seen him in action movies. You've seen him play capable characters, but you still buy him as a guy that like kind of has no idea what he's doing, but is still pretty good at surviving. Yeah. Um, and like he just has such an earnest quality about him that re- like instant instant like you sympathize and empathize with him instantly and you mm-hmm. buy any relationship he has with any character pretty much as soon as they interact like he doesn't interact face to face with Amy until the end of the movie uh i guess in in the present day you see flashbacks but it all feels very natural and very realistic when you do finally see them um reunite is mm-hmm. Dylan O'Brien secretly like Adam Brody's like cousin or something like that? Like <laughs> same energy. And yes, it works really I, well. I totally see that. And 10 he, years ago, this movie would have starred Adam Brody. True. <laughs> and he throws himself into this movie physically. Like you see, like even see it in the Maze Runner movies. He's like waving his arms around and diving into mud and throwing himself around. Like when he said, like, I feel like Tom Cruise. I'm like, hell yeah, man, you are Tom Cruise. <laughs> 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 but you also like you also really understand when he's sitting there and he's so frustrated because dog had to go get the red dress, which, you know, mm-hmm. caused him to have to save you know, the dog uh, and waste his grenade. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yes. Right. And make him make him fight the queen. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Was yeah. Like, like, I'm like, I'm buying all of it. Um, yeah. And like how much of this movie is he acting against no- nothing and nobody besides a dog? <laughs> it's like you, most of it yeah, yeah that's it's that's crazy right like <laughs> that's, that's um, such a talented thing and he makes it look like we don't even think about it watching it like oh yeah he's interacting with all these things but no he's like making this movie he's by himself he's just <laughs> he's just a dude and a dog so like i think talent, that's just, talented dog though i gotta say great really really good animal yes. actor yeah not I as guess. good as Airbud, but yes <laughs> <laughs> well nobody is but. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I think that's the second week in a row there's been an AirPod reference. Anyway, um, I I'll uh, I would just like to add to that. I think this movie, um, similar to what you guys like when we were talking about the kiss, I think this movie has a lot of messages that I think could easily be cheesy, but I think they're played off really earnestly. Like the whole "Why did I leave my people?" I was I had everything I could ever need right there, um, which could easily be super cheesy and wasn't for me. As well as the whole, like, it's been seven years and we were in high school. Like, I've, in the world ended. Like, I've changed. But also, like, her realization that he has changed too. Um, and that they have, like, they have separately, like, still become different people. And they, that doesn't make them incompatible. But sure, it doesn't mean they shouldn't probably pick up where they left off, you know, like, mm-hmm. like he wants. Um, but um, as well as even just, like, you see, like, the 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 growth that he had with, like, Minnow to the point where, like, were they part with Clyde and Minnow like I was genuinely like oh please don't go yeah at the very least like let let the end be all of them together at the mountain you know um but yeah like a a bunch of different uh messages and I do think the movie does also like get a little bit predictable but like I didn't care you know like we're introduced to Cap I'm like that guy's a bad guy I don't know how but he's a bad guy um (laughs) and then you know everything going and and of course like we get to the final like oh he's got to confront the crab thing and I'm like you can tell by their eyes like this that's how this is gonna end you can tell by their eyes and that's exactly how it ends and uh and I expected um 
I expected his home camp to actually like be dead by the time he got to the new camp, just because they were like, how did they breach? We don't know. So I'm like, there's going to be a breach they don't know about. And he's going to try to radio and it's going to be like a you know dead silence or like yeah. a like a warning like i didn't expect him, them to still be alive by the time he got to the coast let alone when he got back but mm-hmm. um either like lots of messaging that could easily be cheesy and terrible but just felt really earnest it's i think long, because yeah. these characters are so earnest it's it, if you earn it like that's what i'm saying like like some like if if you can you can make the same movie over and over again we we watched it we were just talking about black christmas like that yeah. movie's been made over and over and over and over and over again to <laughs> ad infinitum <laughs> but like you know it but that black christmas is not far from the greatest like far from the only good slasher out there and like in this and probably this movie will be made again <laughs> you mm-hmm. know but like as long as you set up the dramatic circumstances for these emotional beats to be earned that's all you need that's this it. movie has already been made again it's the last of us um <laughs> I, uh, 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 uh. <laughs> <laughs> you said it first um no i um yeah th- this movie really earned it's one of those where it's like i kind of really want like more of this but i'm also like it doesn't need it you know like um love and monsters 2 would be great but it doesn't need it right yeah like i would love to see more but I'm, i know where it goes i know i know what happens it's all good. And, and again, I do I do kind of like when these worlds like leave a bit of mystery in, you know, like um I love when this storytelling is just allowed to have, you know, extra mystery thrown in. You you fill in the blanks, you know. Um um you know, cuz you know if there was a Love and Monster 2, somehow Boy's owner would be at the camp already. Why did she leave Boy behind? We don't know. Um uh, you know, they know I know they would ruin a lot of the things that I kind of liked about like the mystery of the first one. Fair. I could totally see a Terminator Two style expansion of this, though. Like, I could, <laughs> mm. see, I could totally see like, like it's a more like high budgeted, more rollicking adventure across the entirety of America per se. Sure. And yeah, like, I mean, I they hear there's yeah. like a, they hear there's like especially a group with of, the like, way it ends. Yeah, there's a group of like highly armed people like in Michigan <laughs> or something, and they're like forming a new government. Like, okay, we like, actually we spent years like documenting all these monsters and they only have a specific amount there. So if we combine our knowledge and their power, we have to journey across almost entire States of America to get there. <laughs> and it's just like giant adventure, you know, and it retains yeah. the same magic, but it also expands upon it in every way. And you can just do new characters and new things rather than explaining all the past stuff. Right. And so, and but yeah. that being said, if, uh, if they made another one, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't give them faith to do that. So, you know, who knows? <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those where it's like, I'm going to be there opening day. But I'm going to be cautious about it, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. You'd want it to be great. Yeah. But it probably uh, won't happen. <laughs> Rowan, Rowan, I feel like this conversation got away and you've been kind of pushed to the back and this is your pick. So, hey, like, <laughs> I, I agree with everything you guys have been saying. I think this movie is so fun um, and, like, so casual, too. Like, it's not a movie you have to think hard about. Not to say that there is you know, that that a movie should be that or movies that you don't have to think too hard about aren't great because this one is. And I, it's not necessarily one that you have to devote a, ho- a whole lot of brain power to looking deep into it. Like Aaron, like you said, like it's, it's predictable and you know what's going to happen and yet it works and you buy it because this is the world that we're trying to buy into. Um, and I just think like, like that is this movie's greatest strength that it allows you to buy into this crazy world of giant cold blooded creatures um, that I just think is so 
interesting. And like, you know, I found myself wanting to know what a chumbler is. Like we don't actually fully <laughs> get to see it. I want to know what a chumbler is. <laughs> so it's it's it it makes you interested in the world that it presents while also um, making it easy to sort of live in it with the characters. And, you know, sort of this is going to sound like an insult, but it is indeed a compliment. Um, when I left Black Christmas, like the movie stayed with me and like I was I was chilled, uh, you know, for, for, for a long time after watching it. This movie is very, very clean in that when yeah. you're like when it wraps, you are done with this world and you feel like, you know, you have sort of like a warm feeling after having spent like, you know, an hour, 45 minutes in this world. But it's not something that necessarily stays with you in the way that like emotionally affects you later on. Like, you know, it is a fun movie. You enjoy watching it and then it's done and you can live the rest of your life. Glad to have seen it, but not necessarily like thinking about it for days and days after watching. I mean, speak for yourselves, but that is just that that was just my experience. And I watched it again and I got the exact same feeling. So. I wonder, like, if there's a world where the studio just decided to shelve this until, like, theaters were opened again, Mm -hmm. like, normally, if this movie would have gotten enough word of mouth and just, like, really took off. Um, Because I know it had a good amount of word of mouth, but, like, I don't know anybody that's not, like, a Sif Pop person talking about this movie. Anybody not listening to this podcast talk about this. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's a shame, because I think it's, like you said, kid horror, very marketable. Um, very, very, very like age appropriate for most ages, and yeah, I just it, it works really well. And I, again, like the emotions really got me too. I just that 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 Mavis scene was just great. I mean, everything about it of the like, you know, I would be happy to give my so you you know my power so you can have the power for a little bit, and the and the will you take me outside and let me sh- let me show you the photos of your family? Does I don't even have that anymore? Like. <laughs> Um, just really great stuff all around. Hundred percent. Never seen such a populist film be so unpopular. <laughs> right, kind of. You know. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's one of those where, like, I do wonder. Like, I, I understand. One. I understand that every studio was just trying to get any scent they could because they needed to. But it is one of those where I'm like, oh man, what if this would have just hit the shelf and then like, what, what if what if this was filmed during COVID instead? Because it is such a, like a solo movie. What if this was one of those projects that they would have been like, hey, let's do that movie. Let's film that movie now. And if it would have been released in 2023, you know, because it would have been filmed in 2020. All this, like, would this have gotten a lot of traction and word of mouth? And would this be would this be like a legitimate like hit as opposed to on the verge of a cult classic? I think right. there's an alternate universe where we've already gotten a sequel to this. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But but as we mentioned, like, I'm kind of not mad that we don't have one. Like, I would absolutely watch it, but. I think the world has enough mysteries where, you know, and, and again, like where the ending where they set up where everybody starts leaving their bunkers, you know, and we see that Minnow and Clyde have made it, you know, and they're like, ah, oh, well, he's got to know about the snow crabs. And so, well, okay, obviously they're all going to meet up there. You know, a couple, couple main characters will die along the way. But, <laughs> I want to know what um, a snow crab looks like. What's that, man? That looks so cool. <laughs> it's like a crab, but with snow. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> Blowing my mind right now, man. <laughs> yeah. um, unless there's any other thoughts, I think we're safe to move on to the B plot. Recommend, like Rowan said for the last one. Yes. Yeah. Big recommend for both of these movies for me. Really happy I watched both of them. Uh, they will be staying in my collection. Yeah. Movies we hope become cult classics. We have five each that we can talk about in length and maybe a couple more that we can just briefly mention. Um, so now I also want to say at least for my picks, I don't entirely know where these stand. So if this is one where you guys 
like are like, hey, Aaron, no, that that's too much of a cult classic. Uh, you you just let me know. And I think like, let's just hold each other accountable and be like, I think so. Um, that being said, Roman, I would love if you kicked us off. Sounds good. Yeah. So so I tried to pick movies that were released recently enough that they don't necessarily that that they haven't had time yet to become a cult classic. Um, and like, of course, these days, like there are so many movies that are released and like instantly judged and either cast aside or held in super high yes. regard. And then I feel like movies these days don't really get a chance to become cult classics. But then again, benefit of time, benefit of hindsight. So the first movie I'm going to shout out is uh, was released uh, in 2021, and that is called Jungle Cruise, the Disney film that I think I am the by far the biggest fan of, uh, apart from. I've never heard anybody say a good thing about this movie. This movie rules. Insane. This movie rules so hard. Uh, <laughs> the score is incredible. I, I listened to it. <laughs> more regularly than I'd be prepared to admit. Um, <laughs> and I, like, I just think it is so fun. And I think if it had been released maybe 10 years earlier, it would have gotten the same reception that I think Pirates of the Caribbean had. It is another one based on a Disney theme park ride that is just the theme park ride itself is predicated on the terrible, terrible jokes that the skipper makes. And yes, that is a part of the movie. Um, but at the same time, like this movie is crazy. There is so much lore that is being thrown around. Dwayne Johnson is playing like a character that is simultaneously so many different characters. The visual effects are not good, but they are fun to look at. Um, <laughs> and it just goes, it, it's so like, like it just goes all over the place. And I feel like this is really underrated because it came out like shortly after theaters, like most theaters opened again. Um, and I, I feel like it didn't necessarily get a fair reception um, because I think standards were a little high uh, coming out of the pandemic. Um, but I had fun with it and I hope that it gets a real uh, a, a reevaluation at some point uh, in the future or near future. Either one. OK. All right. You, you you haven't quite convinced me to watch it, but you're you're almost there. <laughs> yeah. No, no, you convinced me, man. I'm watching this as soon as I can. What the yeah. heck? <laughs> it's on Disney Once Plus. Once May right? watches it, yes. if May backs you up, then I'll watch it. <laughs> okay, I gotta say, it's not great, but it is so fun, and I feel like that's what a cold classic like kind of should yes, be. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Uh, May, why don't you go next? Um, as mentioned, I am the horror freak of the Sif Pop uh, crew, so I, all of mine are horror films. If you couldn't guess, um, <laughs> the first one I have is a movie I assume none of you have heard of. It's called Christmas Bloody Christmas. And I've heard of it. Heard of it? Okay, yeah. cool. This is a hangout movie that turns into a horror movie near the end of it. The first half of that movie is a bunch of people talking. Yep. And then about halfway through, a mechanized, military-trained robot Santa starts killing everybody. And um, yeah, that's it. That's the movie. No way. No awesome. way. Christmas, bloody Christmas. Yeah. Adding it to my watch list as we speak. If you have Shudder, <laughs> if you got Shudder, it's there. And Ooh, um, This has been on my list, actually, uh, for a long time because I recognize the poster. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's, it's a, good, yeah. a great poster. It is very vulgar. It is very gory. It is very fun. If it's a very specific vibe. Oh, this is like, yeah. I'm, I know this poster. It's the, it's the kind of thing to where, like, if... You, if by that plot synopsis you think that sounds like something you'd like, you'll probably love it. If you heard that and you're like, that sounds like the most annoying thing I've ever heard of in my life, it'll probably be the most annoying thing you've ever seen in your life to you. So, like, to me, that is the true definition of a cult film. So, so that's my. First I'm, w- I'm willing to roll the dice on it. 
So, um, Rowan, I'd be willing to I'd be willing to bet you'd enjoy it. Aaron, I have no I, idea. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> love it. Love be, love be, love that for me. Um, <laughs> let me ask you this. Let me let me ask you guys this question. Mm-hmm. Um, out of all of the Halloween films, which ones do you think are cult classics, and which ones are not? Halloween, like the Halloween series. Yes. Okay, I thought I was like trick or treat i can i can only think of one that i legitimately think i would call a cult classic is it the bad one is it rob zombies halloween i would say season of the witch is a cult oh classic. oh of course of course so the bad yeah. one gotcha <laughs> okay <laughs> I, I'm just are, we, are, are we fair in saying that any other movie is is game i was like because like i think you could count h2o but h2o was really popular and really really yeah. well received when it came out i think it's just a classic yeah i i i think rob zombie's first halloween i agree with that one i think that one could be a cult classic because i think that one that to me that one is one of the most essential halloween movies ever i'm a big defender of that one i think i think that i i think that it might yeah it might, i think i think cult classic status yeah people that like that movie like that movie yeah i love that movie it's great <laughs> <laughs> like, I think that counts. Um, let me tell you that I really, really, really hope that this Halloween movie becomes a cult classic. It's not the one you think I'm going to say because you know I like Halloween ends. That one deserves to be a cult classic too. I would love, <laughs> I, I think that will be actually. I think people um, really come around on that movie with time. I'm waiting um, for you to say Resurrection. I'm saying Resurrection. Oh my um, God. <laughs> <laughs> and here's why. It's quite possibly the worst Halloween movie. Um, I actually, I do have the both Rob Zombie ones just l- lower than it. But it's only because I had a freaking blast watching this movie. Is it bad? Yes. Does it make nearly every possible wrong decision? Yes. <laughs> Did I have a smile on my face every single second of it? Yes. I'm not sure this um, is as high as praise as you're making it sound. No, I, like to me, to me, this is a cult classic, right? I understand why it has the Rotten Tomatoes score it does. I understand why pe- why almost universally it is the bottom of everybody's Halloween rankings. But I just think <laughs> if you haven't seen it, it's totally worth your time. And honestly, maybe even more worth your time if you've never seen a Halloween movie. <laughs> imagine someone there's just a moment where buster rhymes roundhouse kicks michael myers out of a window and like if that like come on like guys that's cult classic material right i know this is a family-friendly podcast so i wish we could say what he says as he roundhouse kicks (laughs) (laughs) it's a so that that's the mystery that's the action item let us know what your reaction is to to seeing that when you watch halloween resurrection I just like, I, like to me, I'm like, look, I had the lowest of low expectations going into that movie. And it was met. And <laughs> it's, it's terrible, but I had a blast. So nice. I, I know someone who unironically thinks this is their favorite movie in the entire franchise. Wow. I, but granted, I, he le- thinks he hates the Halloween movies, though. So that's why <laughs> I legitimately think this movie deserves a remake, um, even if it's not necessarily Halloween. I think this concept is so is too good to be wasted on this bad movie um <laughs> you ever seen but dead yeah. stream no it's about a disgraced youtuber who go who like wears like head cam footage the whole way and he like is like goes to haunted houses or whatever but then he goes to one and it's like actually like real sweet <laughs> yeah is it worth watching i haven't or is seen it just it. a cool concept i, I haven't seen it <laughs> yeah. i've heard it's great like, i've heard it's great though a lot of talk for someone who hasn't seen the movie may <laughs> well i just yeah i uh says the man I'm that sure, disgraced leprechaun returns i'm sure there are some out there but again i think even just the <laughs> idea like especially especially with the way that they've set up michael myers in the like halloween universe like he he's just trying to go back home mm-hmm. i mean 
um you know it, like obviously they can't like make a sequel with the blumhouse timeline or whatever but it's like yeah, screw know, it just timeline yeah, why line. not yeah uh, yeah in halloween franchise is like the x-men <laughs> it, franchise with that you know who cares it does uh, not matter <laughs> so so yeah just I, I and honestly like it's just the movie just way ahead of it honestly kind of ahead of its time in terms of like trying to do the technical technology aspects um in terms of the reality tv show thing watch wrong turn too as well i I own wrong turn too um joe lynch a free movie when i signed up for signed up for voodoo that's the only reason why i have it joe lynch (laughs) who made mayhem and suitable flesh made that movie so uh round two rowan uh round two i'm gonna shout out a movie called the final girls uh that came out in 2015 this is on my watch list i need to see it such a fun fun movie uh for those who do not know this is about uh, a young woman who goes to a screening of a horror movie her mom starred in uh in the 80s 80s 90s whatever uh and she and her friends get sucked into the movie and they have to sort of deal with uh you know use their knowledge of these horror tropes to survive the movie just so so fun um like really really calls out like every 80s uh movie trope not necessarily horror uh but just movie trope like for better or for worse um great cast too uh taisa farmiga nina dobrev adam devine thomas middleditch um just a great combination of comedic talent uh and just i don't think this movie's particularly scary uh so it like it is a lot more of a comedy um but definitely worth checking out uh if you like horror and or comedy or just one of them i think that this movie is worth watching is this movie in like the happy death day totally killer vein yes i would say so i mean it it does predate both of them yeah Um, yeah, yeah. but I would say it's sort of like like the proto version of that sort of horror subgenre that like mm-hmm. you know I think Happy Death Day like really you know kick kick that off but Final Girls is sort of like the parent of those of of the uh, like a, of that type of film. Sweet. Yeah. All right, May. Uh, well, this one got quite a bit of attention for a little bit, and then it seemingly fell off the face of the map. I think it is an absolute masterpiece, and that is Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. Yes. Ooh, yes. Fun movie. Yes. Um, <laughs> just t- talk about a perfect script that felt like it called me out every step of the way. Yes. And um, <laughs> it's like just it, it's the kind of thing where I don't want to say a dang thing about it, because if I do, I'll end up spoiling something. <laughs> but let's just say it is a it is a whodunit with maybe the funniest ending to a whodunit of all time. Yes. <laughs> and um, once you once you piece it all together by the reveal at the end, you're like, oh, my God. It is such a revelation. It is hilarious. And anyone, anyone that's not aware of it or hasn't seen it, don't look up anything about it. Just watch it. You'll have a great time. <laughs> this movie had simultaneously the best and worst marketing campaign for it. And I say like worst because it really marketed the wrong movie. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. I know exactly like, what you mean. Yeah. It's not the movie it's made. But at the same time, like, I'm glad they didn't say what the movie actually is. So right. mm-hmm. um, it was I like don't a... know how I don't know how you market that movie. But what they <laughs> presented was a whodunit in the in, you know, of clue style movie. And it's not that the marketing was like it's like a raunchy murder comedy almost. Yeah, that too. Which it kind of is, but it's eh, a little it's bit. still it's still not what the movie is. Yes. Uh full throated backing of that. Full throat. <laughs> um I, I think a lot of the movies that I have on my list are actually like movies that maybe are cult classics, but I really just hope they elevate past that. I don't know, but I I don't watch as much of the niche movies as you guys see. But let me <laughs> let me mention uh this movie. You guys know that I love the nice guys, and I think the nice guys nice guys is firmly in the cult classic category. 
Um, maybe so much so that I'm still hopeful we could get a sequel someday. Um, but let me tell you, if you like the nice guys, you should also like Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, um, which should fall into this category of, I think, I don't, again, I don't know. It might be a cult classic. It's it's just certainly not talked about, I think, as much as it should be. Mm-hmm. It's very much like the prototype for the nice guys. Um, it like it's got Val Kilmer and Robert Downey Jr. and uh, it doesn't quite work as well as Ryan Gosling and Ru- and Russell Crowe, but it's very much like Kiss Kiss Bang Bang walked so the nice guys could run. So just oh, yeah. um, full I, I, I wish that the I wish that the Kiss Kiss Bang Bang was getting almost as much as the Love Is the Nice Guys. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. So again, I think it might be a cult classic. It just maybe should go into full throated classic. I think to a certain generation it is, but like to like people, I think mine and Rowan's age, I'm not, I'm not sure people know or care about that movie at all. Yeah, yeah, very fair. I don't know if it's nearly as big as the Nice Guys. Um, no, not, no, it's not. <laughs> no. Um, my next one is uh, a movie called Batman Ninja that came out in 2018. Mm. Uh, I was shown this movie over the summer, and then I watched it again in the fall. Um, not entirely by choice, um, but still, <laughs> this is one of the most like this is one of the craziest superhero movies I've ever seen. Ever um, made, yeah. Ever made, made, uh, produced by a Japanese studio. Uh, I have only seen the English dub, um, but essentially, Batman and his supporting characters and his goons, uh, like like villains, travel um, back in time to feudal Japan. Uh, and it's basically what would happen if you plopped all of these characters in Japan? Uh, how would they react? And how would like if they were to assimilate? Uh, what form would that take? Um, every single like every single thing that happens in this movie, you'll think it couldn't possibly get crazier than that, and then it does, and then it keeps doing that and keeps doing that. And it's also like pretty short; it's like less than ninety minutes, I think. Like, like, like eighty like, something. Yeah, yeah. it's like it, it it breezes by, and it's so fast um, and so weird. Just every creative choice is so bonkers, uh, and especially in the. You know, in the comic book movie community, like this movie is not talked about at all. Uh, and I feel like if there's going to be a community that it's talked about in, I feel like it's it's that one. Uh, and so I think more people should be talking about this and how just absolutely buck wild it is. Just just try and describe the last 20 minutes of that movie. I, I, like... I can't. I, 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 and, and, and even if I could, I wouldn't want to. It, like you would what? have to. This is, it for this is one of the few Batman animated movies I haven't seen. Dude, so, uh, dude. Check it dude, out. Yeah. Dude. Special shout out to the Batman the Doom that came to Gotham in the same conversation. I agree. Great, with you. Another great movie. Yeah, yeah, totally deserves the same treatment. There. Mm-hmm. All right, May. Um, this one came out real recently. Another horror film called Fresh. Mm. Oh, yeah. seen Fresh? No, I haven't seen it. Dude. Oh, oh my wait, God. Hold on. Uh, wait, wait. Did you say Fresh? F-R? Yes. Oh, okay. Yes, I did see it. I heard Flesh and I was like, I haven't oh. seen that one. But no, I did. I, I I got a screener for Flesh and I was so excited because I'd heard such great things coming out of Sundance. Dude, it is. It, it, yeah. Wow. <laughs> Talk about a movie that like, it's like, I, I thought this about a recent movie too, but like, it's essentially like a, a meatier, more mean version of what elevated horror is. So it's like got such a like, cruel heart to it while having such like really likable dynamic main characters you still root for it's like the horror of it and everything like that is cruel and but not not rob zombie cruel to where it like overtakes every facet of it it's just like man is it so well balanced dealing with such dark material (laughs) and um this 
memorable scene after memorable scene so much psychology going on there like as much as it is like a i don't even want to spoil what type of horror it is for you two that haven't seen it but <laughs> as much as it is the type of horror that is it that it is it's also a psychological film as much as that and it's it, it's like if you haven't seen it, it is an essential essential mm-hmm. horror film of this decade so far yeah like huge um, shame it's a hulu title card story. title card drops like 30 minutes into the movie and it it and it, it makes perfect sense when when you see it it's so so good oh yeah oh yeah it's oh man and, and sebastian stan isn't it who the winter soldier isn't it so like if if any of you are like i don't know and also daisy edgar jones definitely going to be a huge star in the coming decade who's going to be in the upcoming twisters who was mm-hmm. in the crawdad sing she is great in everything I've seen her in. She is fantastic. She's under the banner of heaven. <laughs> I have no idea what that is. It's a great show on Hulu. Yeah. Oh, I'm not. <laughs> Aaron loves that show. <laughs> yeah, I do. <laughs> yes, the I do. One? Yes, it is. Oh, okay, right, right, right. Um, I was honestly not sure if this movie would count because I I do think it is kind of a cult classic. But again, really? this is maybe one of those. The movie I'm about to mention. Oh. Um, because I think it is one of those where it's like, I think it might actually be a cult classic. I just like, it's it's maybe one of those like underseen or like legitimately worth being, because I'm checking Letterboxd reviews and I'm like, I, I did think about saying Bottoms. I'm like, is it too soon to say Bottoms? But Bottoms has almost like 400,000 logs in Letterboxd. So that's in my honorable mention one Bottoms that's a, is. That's, a, that's <laughs> I think enough people have seen that, that it's like, it's kind of out of the cult. But I do wish it got more into just mainstream people seeing it, yeah, not no, just people with Letterboxd. Yeah, normie, normies aren't aware of the movie yes. Bottoms. Yeah. <laughs> and, I, and I thought about even like, is it too soon to say Babylon? But uh, Babylon has almost a four on Letterboxd and, you know, 200,000. Um, but this movie only has 15,000 logs on Letterboxd, which is criminally underseen because this movie is legitimately great. It was my favorite first watch of 2022, I think. And Rowan, I have you to thank for this movie. Um, the Way Way Back. Ah, yes. Is yes. just too good to only have 15,000 <laughs> logs on Letterboxd. Okay, I'm, I'm part of the problem that I have not seen it. Fully, it's, fully agree. It's, it's a coming of age story um that like is kind of a a coming of age story that you've kind of seen a bunch before it's 2013 um uh but it it, like steve carell tony collette anna sophia rob allison janey maya rudolph uh amanda pete rob cordry like a bunch of people that you're like holy crap like they were in that in 2013 and sam rockwell just doing his sam rockwell thing Mm -hmm. um just stealing every single movie he's in (laughs) um yes i love this movie um and uh yeah i i think it is kind of one of those like people that see it love it but only fifteen thousand logs on letterboxd is way too few yeah um this movie was one of the big ones that um i remember uh hearing about when i was first sort of getting into movies because they filmed um they filmed close to me. They filmed at a, at a park called Waterwiz uh, that I went to a lot uh, w- when when I was younger, and so I remember it being such a big deal when all of these stars uh, were there. And then it was the very first film to play at my local independent theater back home uh, that I would eventually work at. Um, so a movie that I, that I had heard about for a long time, and then I watched it, and I was like, "Why haven't more people seen this?" Um, yeah. So strong, strong second to that, Aaron. Um, yeah. This next one, I don't know if it is a cult classic um, or like 
even a classic uh, overseas, but in the U.S., I know not a lot of people have seen this. It's called One Cut of the Dead. Um, yeah, it, is a, it is a horror movie, uh, a mo- mockumentary, and maybe w- one of the funniest things I've ever seen secretly. Uh, and I, I think that is one of the aspects that not a lot of people talk about either. Uh, basically, first half is uh, one take zombie movie. Second half is what was happening during that take. Just a, a frankly a genius premise uh, that i think is pulled off perfectly and no one like like not even people in horror spheres like i am taking a global horror cinema class and i brought this up to the professor and he had never heard of this movie um which is crazy i think like for someone to be teaching that class and not having heard of this movie but you know of course like there are hundreds thousands and thousands of movies that i'm sure he hasn't heard of but the fact that this is one of them and is relatively recent like it feels criminal like this movie is so so good and more people need to watch it very nice full-throated recommend (laughs) full-throated recommend i love that that's big uh me (laughs) um i have mad god Ooh, watch list. Yep. Um, this is a movie over 20 years in the making. Uh, Phil Tippett, master visual effects artist who has done things that you've heard of. And if you, if you're listening to this, you've, you've seen movies that this guy has worked on, including like the dinosaurs in Jurassic park and so many other amazingly iconic things. He's worked on star Wars movies. Like he's everywhere. And this is the movie he did in his free time. when He wanted to just express himself and do all that. It is pretty much dialogue lists. It is, um, yeah, just an absolute crazy, abstract, expressionistic, incredibly disturbing movie that only the faint of heart, only the non faint of heart should check out. But it is one of the best movies of the last few years. Um, I think this is um, another movie that I think maybe like people that have seen it really love this movie. And I just don't think enough people have seen it. 3.6K log on Letterboxd. And I know I've (laughs) talked about this movie and championed it a bunch, but I just got to mention Heavyweights again. Um, oh, I, I still haven't checked that out. You recommended it to me last time that I was on, and I still haven't checked it it's, out. <laughs> it's just, it, I think there is some sense of I have so much nostalgia for this movie, but I, I, I think it's one of those that's it's kind of aged poorly just because it is talking about like body image, like it is, it is poking fun at body image in made in 1995. But it's like you just understand that and you'll be fine. It's really fun. It's really great and. I, I really think there's an audience for this. Um, I really do. So, um, last round. Last round. Uh, this movie, I think, is another one that I love more than anyone else in the world. Uh, that is a comedy from 2017 called Going in Style, uh, starring um, Michael <laughs> Caine. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Zach Braff directed, starring Michael Caine, Morgan Freeman, and uh, Alan Arkin, who are absolute magic together this is a remake of of an older film that i haven't seen um but they like those three leads are so endearing and are so funny especially when they're together and i could watch them read the phone book if i'm being not listen i mean i could listen to it too but i could also watch them read the phone book (laughs) they are so good uh and this movie is so wacky and so goofy again not great, but just a really, really fun time. Um, so strong recommend for this one if you haven't seen it. It's just such a good um, escape uh, type movie. I also have a friend who adores this movie. So yes. you're, you're, the, you're the second person. I'll have to get on it. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, my final one is a, another horror film released in the 2020s. Uh, the Wolf of Snow Hollow. Mm, this is a. This is I own this one. Jim Cummings. Yeah. Yes, it is a very independent werewolf film that deals with a lot of thematic stuff that is unexpected and is almost a whodunit werewolf film because it's like who in this town, this very small town, is a werewolf, and it has a very dark sense of humor. It is shot amazingly well for a movie <laughs> of that budget, and um, it's just consistently fantastic and. Oddly, like doesn't realize how emotionally it's affecting you until the very end. You're like, oh my god! So, just extreme recommend. I owned it, owned it on Blu-ray on a whim, and then made sure to keep it when I got it. Nice. (laughs) I've got a couple different options I can go here. Uh, (laughs) We will do a little bit of honorable mentions. I think the one I really want to mention is, I think this one's specific. I think this one is. I think that one already is a cult classic. Let me say. When you guys think cult classics, do you think movies that are great and just overseen at the time? Or do you think that movies that are just like maybe even okay, but certainly worth watching 20 years down the line? I think either can work. There's no one definition. I know. That's why I'm like struggling between these last two. Which one do you like more? Um, I'm going to talk about this one more because I think um, there's there's already been some extended love to this other one on the podcast. Um, And so I think it should fall in honorable mentions here. But um, I think Reminiscence should be a cult classic. Interesting. Um, because I think this movie has such a, is a Hugh Jackman 2020 H straight to HBO oh, Max. Oh, that one. Yeah. I remember one. this one. I remember. Hugh Jackman sat about his dead daughter, the movie. <laughs> uh, no missing girlfriend, missing girlfriend. That's it. You're right. Yep. Yes. My bad. Um, I think it's got such a really cool aesthetic to it. Um, it's uh, directed by Lisa joy who was doing Westworld stuff. It's got like this neo-noir, like Blade Runner esque, but like in a, in new Orleans. So it's like a poverty stricken, like, um, but it also like takes place a little bit in Miami. It's not a perfect movie, but I think there's enough here in concept alone. I think, I think legitimately one day this will inspire an excellent remake. Um, I totally uh, see that or either that, or people are just going to like, um, kind of latch onto this one and be like, Oh, you cool. And then maybe we'll get like a blade runner 2049 or something like that, you know, um, to, for this movie. So I just, uh, I think there's so much that works in this movie um, and it's just a shame. I'm not trying to say it's great as a 2.5 on letterbox. And I kind of get that. It's a little bit too convoluted, but I really dig this movie. Um, So, um, all right, real quick, we'll do a round of honorable mentions. So any movie that you just kind of want to briefly say uh, that you were going to consider for this category that you haven't said yet, let's go in reverse order. Um, The one that I was thinking about was the kid detective, um, Mm. but we um, did a full episode on that. So, um, I still need to see it. It's excellent. Um, I think um, I think this movie is a cult classic, but I just think it still has a few enough logs on Letterboxd um, with a uh, 21,000. I'm just saying, if you've never seen either franchise, you might love it more. Freddy versus Jason. I know it <laughs> is a cult classic, but I'm just saying it's a great one. It's and not a it's cult classic. Dessert- it's a classic. <laughs> it's it's the most fun either of those uh, that that these movies get so um may i I hope you'll agree with me based off of your letterbox review but i'm just i'm waiting for people to realize that spiral from the book of saw is the second or third best saw movie dude i know just oh my god yeah it's it's so great and no one understands (laughs) yes it's very much the absolute right direction that the series should have gone instead of saw x which i didn't mind saw x it's just not good i i Um, love saw x honestly but like I, i still like spiral more i know that's heresy for yeah. most saw fans but like i 
I love both. I'm, just, I'm, but... I'm waiting for us to be distanced enough where people could be like, why didn't they make a spiral too? Well, because anyway. Uh, yeah. And the very last one I have is I, I know I know people like it and it does have a ton of logs, but I, I think Last Night in Soho is a way better movie than people give it credit for. And I hope it gets the love it deserves one day <laughs> um, via the cult classic route. Yep, 100%. May your honorable mentions. Um, well, we already mentioned it, but Bottoms is on my list. I think yep. for the for the gay youth, that is absolutely going to be a huge <laughs> one. Um, uh, for someone who has severe thalassophobia, Underwater is a big one for me. <laughs> 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 I legit think that movie is great, and no one appreciates it enough. Um, I think the next one is one that could be considered a cult classic, but I think probably I wouldn't because. The whole word around it is more about how disturbing it is than anything. And Rowan has heard me talk about this movie way too much. And that is Terrifier 2. And uh, yeah, I mean, I I, think that movie might already be a cult classic. Right. That's what I I think the people that like it do. But I think that number is far lower than it might be expected. It's on my watch list. Yeah, it's uh, you you won't like it. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Foster was like, oh, you'll either love it or hate it. Yeah. I mean, that's enough for me to roll the dice. If you, I, hey man, I'd love to be surprised. I'm not, I wouldn't count you out, honestly. But like, it, it's it's a lot. Look, I liked Halloween Resurrection, so you know what? <laughs> like, <laughs> so if you don't like Terrifier two, that's heresy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's what I got. Um, I have uh the Green Knight. Uh, I have I love my dad, which is a crazy underseen comedy from a couple years ago. Uh, All My Friends Hate Me, another weird thriller. Oh, I just watched comedy. that. For the, I yeah. like it. Fun, fun movie. Uh, excruciating to sit through. Uh, Ready or Not, which I know is pretty well received, but I yes. feel like people, a lot of people don't talk about it. And honestly, yes. Argyle, which just came out and I just watched yes. it. Not, yes. Like, not a great movie, but yes. has a very distinct style, and I think it's going to get a reevaluation when we have some distance. Yes, Rowan. Thank you. I'm excited. Thank you. You. I still haven't gotten to see it, but I'm still excited. By yeah, the way, yeah. that people, lower your expectations, and you'll have it a should blast. be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it, I mean, by the way fun. that by the way that people that don't talk about it, the reasons that they're saying they don't like it just convince me more that I'm going to love it when I see it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, very nice. I I loved doing this. The movies that should be cult classics, um, especially kind of defending why we think that way. Let's move on to the spinoff. Just one thing in any area of pop culture, you're dying to tell people to check out. Or to stay away from, May, let's start with you. I'm going to recommend the Dead Meat Horror Awards. They are the only they are the only horror group out there that seemingly is both committed to genuine professionalism and actually showing love and dynamic behind the scenes stuff and all kinds of just excellent integrity to this genre in the way that has never been quite shown in this way. And I love it. I've already watched a ton of movies that just from them being nominated that I've loved that I haven't seen so far in the year. So without them, I wouldn't be nearly the horror fan. I am so dead meat horror awards. Absolutely love them. If you're not watching it, you're missing out. Yeah. Dead Rowan, me- I'm going to, I was about to say dead meat is fantastic. One of my favorite YouTube channels overall. Uh, and I'm also very excited for the horror awards. Yeah. 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 Roman, I'm going to sandwich my sandwich myself in the middle here because um, yet again, uh, something that you talked about, which was the reason <laughs> that I checked this thing out. And I got to say, I'm a huge fan. I'm listening to the audiobook of Taking Shape. Ooh. And I just got to Rob Zombie's Halloween. And yeah. so I heard you talk about this on Franchise Parodies. And I'm like, I got to check this out. And I'm so excited for Taking Shape, too. Um, I, I just got to the, the first one recently. Awesome. I'm so glad. I just got to the Rob Zombie one. And I, so what you, if you don't know, this is. Um, it's essentially like a behind the scenes. Here's how the Hollywood uh, Halloween movies came to be. 
And if you've seen these movies, it is it is fascinating. And even if you haven't seen these movies, I mean, they do spoil the movies. Um, but I think it's just a really interesting glimpse inside the way that Hollywood works, especially for a franchise that has shifted production companies a couple of times and creative control more than a couple of times. And like the reason why this franchise has such a history, uh, it goes all the way up until the release of 2018 Halloween. And um, I just... I love what's going on. Um, I don't love the narration in the audiobook. Um, I don't quite love the narrator, but I think what what they're saying in the book and especially in the interviews is fantastic. Again, honestly, listening to this gave me a huge, like a much bigger respect for Halloween Resurrection, especially what the movie was originally supposed to be when it was MichaelMyers.com. Huge, <laughs> much so much more respect for that movie. And, and gosh, like so much stuff that I'm dying to get my hands on, like the original H2O screenplay when it was like the two det- the two faces of evil screenplay, dying to get my hands on some of that stuff. Mm-hmm. So taking shape, audiobook or paperback uh, or hardcover, whatever, just if you've seen a Halloween movie or if you're at least curious uh, about like how Hollywood works, um, love, love, love this uh, book. Yeah, uh, I, I love both of them. Although Taking Shape 2 is one of the most interesting behind-the-scenes books I have ever read. So many, like, what-ifs and uh, the, and could-have-beens, and yeah, it's What's crazy, too, is I know that's coming, mm-hmm. but they've already mentioned so many different Halloween projects that yeah. almost were. I'm like, and there are so many more. I'm, <laughs> I'm so ready for yeah. it. Yeah, it is really, really fantastic. It's the reason why I'm behind on every other podcast, because I just can't stop listening to yes. Taking Shape. <laughs> Um, I'm going to mention uh, a movie called Robot Dreams, which is nominated for uh, Best Animated Feature at the Academy Awards this year uh, and is not getting a U.S. theatrical release until May 31st, which is insane on the part of Neon, the distributor, uh, to not put it out before the <laughs> it Oscars. It shouldn't even be allowed. I know. Um, and But it is – so I read the graphic novel that this is based on when I was younger. Um, and when I read it, I like it was much more of a, oh, hey, look at this. Look at these anthropomorphic animals that live in this like weird alternate 80s New York. Like isn't that cool and, and isn't that fun? And watching the movie really gives me a deeper um, – respect and understanding for the subtleties and nuances of the story. It's about uh, a dog who is lonely. And so he buys a robot that becomes his friend. They go to the beach, uh, the robot goes swimming and then uh, freezes up on the beach um, and, and can't move anymore. And the dog can't bring him home. And then dog goes back the next day, beach is closed for the season and the dog has to wait. And it's basically the robot, um, dreaming of 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 like what might happen, how might he be able to escape? There's no dialogue in this movie. There's no dialogue. It is all music and sound effects, um, and it's it's just it's just beautiful. Uh, it's so so gorgeous. Um, I love um, I love like I, I I love the vibe. It's so sweet and it's also so sad. Um, definitely feels like uh, like you're reading um, a comic as well. So definitely. Uh, both the movie and the and, and the graphic novel. I definitely recommend uh, checking both those out. Will do, definitely. Yeah. Very nice. I'll keep my eye out for that. Yeah. Um, if I remember in six months when it comes <laughs> out. Uh, well, on that note, that's a wrap. Quick reminder that you can follow Rowan and May um, on their places I mentioned earlier. I'll have their letterbox handles in the episode description, so you can easily just copy and paste find that. Um, you can follow me on social media places at Schweit Castle. And a quick reminder, Sip Pop Writers Room is part of the Studio DNA Network. You can check out other shows at studiodna.media or by searching Studio DNA in your podcast player. 
And uh, if you are interested in writing for SifPop.com or you, or you want to get in contact with the show, maybe send us a question, question to explore during the B-plot. Other movies that you think um, should be involved in our cult classics conversation, then email writersroom at SifPop.com. And please don't forget to leave us a review on iTunes or Spotify if you happen to be listening on either of those platforms. Next week, Robert and Caleb are joining me to talk about Roman Holiday, discuss whether or not it's a goat. Um, so we'll check out that. Uh, and in two weeks, Alice is joining me to talk about the Godfather part two and three. I'm going to try to also check out the Godfather coda, the recut of three, maybe even the director cut of three. I really don't know if I feel like watching the Godfather three, three times in a row. In the next. So uh, we'll see. Um, but I am going to at least try to do the coda. And um, on March 9th, just uh, something else to look forward to. He, uh, uh, Alice and Shane will be joining me for our annual oscars review where we'll reassess did the academy give out the right awards last year and we will um judge them severely so (laughs) with that in mind um that is it uh guys i've had a blast Uh, this is always a good time i love having both you on the show (laughs) thanks for having us um thank you so much yeah i loved it um we will see you guys next time. May I know? I promised you last time. Uh, we, 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 I'll next time you are on. We're either gonna do the entire Friday the Thirteenth franchise <laughs> or the entire Child's Play franchise. Either one, uh, I'll do either one. I'm really looking forward to that. So I just, I know I said we would, you know, uh, that we would do it uh, next time since I did the Nightmare movies this year. So uh, I'm looking forward to that. And Rowan, maybe you can hop on. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. If you put it in your, uh, into your like yeah. suggestions. But, uh, either way, I'm looking forward to the next time we meet. In the meantime, um, I know that we have places to be, including the writer's room.